Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Greetings, greetings. Good evening, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 309 of The Exceptional Scribble Show. I am your host, Sage, the page poet. That is my signature. And on tonight, we are going to engage you in an informative forum. And I'm going to share with you now what it is all about. So lend me your ears and please attend unto us. All right. We have a treat for you tonight. First and foremost, if you would like to participate, this is a community call in broadcast. The number to call is area code 867 292-3066. I repeat, 867-292-3066. And our show's ID number is 133-193. I repeat, 133-193. Next, you will be asked for a PIN number. When asked for a PIN number, simply press one on the telephone keypad, then press the pound key, and you will join the call and enter as a guest. For those who would like to join the chat room, we do have an online page where you can access the chat room. All you need to do is visit www.talkshoe.com. I repeat www.talkshoe.com. Once you arrive to the homepage, look for the space search engine bar. You're going to type into it the show's ID number. That number is a six-digit number, 133-193. I repeat, 133-193. After which, you will join the Exceptional Scribble Show's homepage on thetalkshoe.com internet server website. I want to welcome everyone that is tuned in. Welcome to the Exceptional Scribble Show. For tonight, our topic is nine essential components of a dream business. I repeat, nine essential components of a dream business. Also, we do have a focus, which is discussion about what is the super app. I know that you probably heard a lot about it, and it seems to be catching on like wildfire with a lot of communities, thanks to social media, okay? And those social media pages like Twitter, we have Facebook, you name it. So, in reference to our guest, 
The special guest in the spotlight is Mr. Jack Horcher. He is the entrepreneur, founder, and owner of J.B. Horcher Construction. He completed Philadelphia Carpenters Union Apprenticeship Program year 1988 and worked as a journeyman through year 1991. And we'll hear a lot more about Jack and how he came to the conclusion of being a part of the LIFE organization. Some of you don't know too much about this organization. It's not as popular as some of the others, but this organization has a lot of key components, and tonight's topic is one of them, the nine essential components of a dream business. So I need you to lend your ear Turn up the volume on your computers, your PCs, so you can hear this information. We're going to try and run through everything quickly. We have every hour the show has a transition. We have a free publishing tips hour that follows now. Right now, we are, we are engaged in what's called the exclusive interview hour. The exclusive interview hour. During this time, you're going to get a lot of information. I'm going to suggest to you right now, before the interview begins, get a notebook. If you don't want to use a notebook, get your iPad. Get your notebook that's electronic. If you don't want to actually do note-taking with a paper and pencil, okay, or a pen and paper, then you want to get your electronic device where you capture notes and you want to make certain that it's handy because I guarantee you this. There will be information that you have not heard before. And it will prove essential for you to note it. Yes, note taking is imperative tonight. So without any further ado... I'm going to prep and see now if we have our special guests prepared. And I'm just checking in, area code 267767. Welcome. Can you please give your name? Hi, Francine. This is Jack Horchard. Oh, okay. I just wanted to confirm that it was you. And without any further ado at this time, I am turning the spotlight on to our special guest feature artist. And ladies and gentlemen, with me, let's warmly welcome, this is the first time the Exceptional School Show has had the privilege to interview Mr. Jack Horcher, and we are rolling that red carpet, turning the spotlight onto him, giving him the VIP treatment that he so justly deserves. And Jack, welcome to the Exceptional School Show. How are you this evening? I'm doing fantastic. You know, I've never had a VIP treatment under house arrest. That's pretty interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, I love it. I love your candor and the humor. Well, I tell you, you. We're, we're honored that you're with us tonight, and we'll get started with just, um, if you can give us a little brief background as for um, what your business um, path well, was and how you got started as an entrepreneur and then leading up to the organization that you are a representative of today and telling us a little more 
in depth about what our topic is, the non-essential components of a dream business. The mic is now in okay. your hands. Oh, thank you. Um, my wife would say that's dangerous, giving me a platform to speak on. But, um, you know, with the intro, you mentioned I started as Carpenters Union and um, Journeyman through 91. There's been a lot of years since then. I went out and was self-employed for almost 25 years as a remodeling contractor. So I've got 30 years plus in the construction field. But I've been involved in um, personal development for my own benefit for a bunch of years. Uh, and that has evolved over time, uh, melded into the life organization, which my wife and I became part of. And that launched in uh, November 11, 2011. No, November 11, 111. Uh, November 1st, 2011. Uh, that started off really as an educational organization, uh, self-help programs through subscriptions and leadership, personal development. And the biggest uh, uh, component we had, the most popular, was financial literacy, teaching people the basics, not just about how to save money, but how do we improve ourselves to increase our income potential uh, with a, an idea of maybe down the road uh, seeking out self-employment and um, being your own boss. So the program was really good. Um, my wife and I got a ton out of it. I applied it to many things we were going through at the time. Uh, I kind of retired through arthritis and a little age in 2015, 2016, I think, and um, decided to take some of the things I've been learning and reach out to organizations and see how we can help with more back-to-work thinking. A lot of people were struggling, both uh, uh, the public sector and the veterans, military sector. Uh, it allowed me to meet a lot of people. That's how you and I originally met, I think, through one of the state reps' offices yes. um, in Philadelphia. And yes. uh, it, it's just an incredible experience. Um, but then about a year ago, the Life Group um, launched a app uh, for uh, a shopping app, basically a savings app, a type of platform all around the financial fitness premise of, okay, we're teaching you how to save money. Well, let's give you an avenue that you can actually create a little income through uh, savings and maybe a cashback program from the various uh, vendors, uh, of which today we have about 280 uh, major companies on the site, restaurants, stores that give us cash back. So, but then yeah. about six months ago, they took that from a beta program, testing it into a full blown super app platform. And what that is, it, it has many components to it. We can add and delete uh, any of the components as times change or people's needs vary. Uh, so we're not locked into any one thing. Uh, mm -hmm. That's proven to be quite exciting. Uh, we launched yes. that really right around Thanksgiving. And mm -hmm. uh, we have about a million downloads to date for the Super App platform. Um, and it, it's, it's growing through North America, uh, U.S., Canada. Actually, there's some in Mexico. Um, we're in a lot of other countries, but uh, for our leadership, not so much for shopping. There's different <laughs> different stores in different countries. But uh, that's kind of taken us to where we are. 
And uh, the founders, the two principal founders, are ex-General Motors engineers. Uh, and they said they're tired of working for someone else. Uh, they devoted their lives to leadership and helping people win. And when we found them, we fell in love with their premise and their goals, and we bought into their ideas. Uh, and then that leads us to where we're at now, technology, the super app platform. And they came out with what they call the nine essential components of a dream business. You know, we're in a, in a, in a really fickle time right now, not only in our country, but globally, where people are locked down. Uh, I've seen a lot of things over 60-some years, and I've never seen anything like this. And right. uh, businesses are struggling through no fault of their own, and it was just they can't go to work. They can't open their doors. So uh, they put this program together, these, these ideas, and, and it, it resonates. And what can we do moving forward? And well, if you want, I'll, I'll just start to get into these yes. nine components. Yes, go right. right on. Thank you. All right. So the, the first component is uh, they call it a platform-based structure. And again, it's something that we can move around. Uh, it's not fixed. It's not anchored in concrete, like the old brick and mortar type store. Um, it's based on the concept of what they call matchmaking concept. And most of us are familiar with Uber or Airbnb. And they've developed huge businesses. Uber doesn't own a vehicle, but they do more volume than all of the three United States auto manufacturers. Uh, as far as uh, uh, revenue volume, uh, Airbnb doesn't own a building, yet they book more hotel rooms than Marriott and Hyatt. So taking that concept, matching people with what their needs are, putting ideas on a, on a, a super app, and we've got savings and we've got travel and we've got education, we've got a lot of things, and hopefully the next Next session, we'll get into that in more detail. But it's digital. We don't have physical sites. It makes it very easy to increase our volume. It makes it very easy to change according to market needs. Uh, the second thing is subscription-based. So we have a subscription, and it's $30 a month. But the subscription leads us to savings on uh, purchases at, at, at some of the stores, Home Depot, Lowe's, Macy's, Kohl's, Olive Garden, uh, Panera Bread, and Carter's Kids, uh, baby, baby Clothes. So there's a wide range. Like there's almost 280 stores. Between the rewards that we can get, which are also instantaneous, we don't have to wait or mail anything in. We're, my wife and I, who are pretty frugal, we're seeing um, savings of anywhere from cash back and rewards of 70 to 100 bucks a month. And that's a conservative number. So I'm paying 30 and getting 70 back. Um, to me, it sounds like a win win deal. Uh, now you're saying you're getting, you're, I'm sorry, Jack, you're mentioning about earning savings. Can you explain what those savings are for our listening audience, please? 
Well, my, my recent um, stops have been at Home Depot. And uh, I think we get about two and a half, two and a half percent, something like that, on cash back on any purchases at Home Depot. I get uh, Panera because of the shutdown. They give us 10% back. So if I spend $20 at Panera, they give me $2 back. $2 goes a lot. But when you combine that with the other restaurants, now we're not eating out a lot right now, but Home Depot, um, uh, we haven't really been doing a whole lot of shopping under this lockdown, but I stopped at Dunkin' Donuts. We get about 1% back to Dunkin' Donuts. Just for buying coffee and a couple of donuts, I get a little cash back. That has accumulated. Let's see if I can pull up my... Uh, I don't want to go too far into the app, because that's a whole other talk. But we've, we've made in cash, cash back over $200 in the last six months. We've got travel credit. We've got a, a virtual currency. My wife and I have gotten almost $1,000 back in the last six months in, th- in three different areas. So that we can apply toward purchases. We've taken some of our trip credits and applied it to uh, reducing hotel room rates. Um, and so there's a lot of savings here. But it's, it's, we're getting a lot more back than, uh, than way more than what we pay for a subscription. But again, it's, the subscription keeps people coming back in. And we're seeing about a 95% retention rate in the uh, subscription program. Uh, they were comparing that the other night. I was watching something, and they said Netflix has got over 200 million subscribers. And that's just a monthly subscription. Whether you watch a movie or not, you're paying a fee. But here, we've got things we can use almost every day. Um, right. But that's, you know, and that's, 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 that's so- yeah, so you can stop right there. What I'm going to respond in saying is this, because I'm playing the part of the listening audience now. Um, it sounds really alluring. I mean, who doesn't want to earn cash back? Who doesn't want to um, acquire some sort of savings? I mean, this is something that's uh, making sense to me as for being comprehensible and a good investment. What more can you say to someone that's interested because they like the idea that they're going to earn cash back? What more can you tell me or what more can you say to our listening audience to convince them that this is a wise and best choice investment to make? Well, the first thing would be it's a $30 investment and just on normal shopping, our average um, customer member with life is getting seventy to hundred dollars back. So that in on itself is, to me, that was a no-brainer when we started to see those numbers. Um, and there's other components. There's a travel site which gives discount travel. It's tied in with Priceline. And again, I'm not going to get heavy into that because we want to talk about that another time. But there's travel rewards. There's a learning component. Our financial fitness program, which is a $140 package, is on the app. They put it on the app. It's no additional charge. It's all digital now. We've got a Pandora-type system called Rascal Radio for leadership, personal development. There's 3,000 audios 
that are on the app. So there's mm-hmm. a platform to help us continue to learn. There's the savings and shoppings. Then there's the business behind it that I'm not getting into here, but we can actually get paid to refer the app. Matter of fact, just a customer for referring it to another person to be a customer will get trip credits. So they can use for hotels or, or vacation. And sometimes we think July now is supposed to do, happen in April, but this lockdown has messed things up. The travel components adding 10,000 resort packages, discount packages globally to the, to the platform. So and it's just, you know, that, that's some of it. But that's just the second essential. Yeah. You know, it's a platform-based. There's subscription-based. Through a subscription-based business, that guarantees that people are coming back month after month, just like our phone bill, just like our electric bill, you know, just like the Netflix bill. It's just continual money. It's not a lot at any one shot, but a little bit over a long period of time can, can multiply. The third component is digital. You know, it's, it's, it's simple. My whole business is on my cell phone. I'm about as IT and as anybody can get. My wife's teaching me. Uh, I'm a contractor, carpenter by trade. I get things with a hammer, <laughs> or I throw them when I get frustrated. Uh, the cell phones don't respond well to being thrown across the room. But um, okay. they're digital based. There's there's digital products. Um, whether we're locked down here as we are now or not, you can't stop this. Since we've been locked down, we've been averaging over 15% growth a month. Prior to the lockdown, we were at about 25% growth every month. That's that's huge increase. We're we're gearing up and again because of technology, we can go to Zoom calls. We're we're doing webcast. The the corporation out of North Carolina has just flipped the switch and gone completely um, digital with the Zoom calls and, and and things like this tonight. That we're not held back. I can't wait to get out and start meeting the people in person that I've been talking to via phone calls and zoom calls but it's it's mobile the products are in the cloud that digital products lockdowns don't bother us um we are growing it's the risk to reward is exceptional there's almost no risk you know as, as from a business perspective it's about 150 bucks even with the app 150 isn't a monthly thing but even with the app i'm making that money back in no time flat so I have nothing to lose. I get good products and food and everything else that I'm going to buy anyway. I'm getting it through the app. I plug myself into a learning platform, plug myself into a business platform and a mentoring program that can help me grow, take a business anywhere I want. You know, the only upside limitation is how big is your vision? It's just, it really, it, it sounds too good to be true. But I've been around a lot of time, a long time. I've seen a lot of things. The next thing, uh, fifth thing, it's home-based. We can operate it out of the house. I don't have to set up a storefront. I don't have to buy a workshop. I think almost every one of my power tools costs more than the startup cost of this business. Some of them cost quite a bit more. But it's, it's low cost. Like it's, it, it's, the reference they make to is, is you could almost operate a Walmart-sized business out of your home with the clock as far as volume. 
That'll take a while. That's a big thing. But you, know, you can do that. You couldn't do that before technology. You needed physical structures. The sixth key, it's open to anyone. There's no limitations here. The only prerequisite would be that you're 18. Um, federal law says you got to be 18 to actually join a business uh, legally. So there's no barrier to entry. There's no discrimination. All, all payment, all uh, uh, achievement is based on meritocracy. You do the work, you, you make the rewards. And they make the comment here and says, your raise becomes effective as soon as you do. And there were times in the, in the real world, construction and everything else, it didn't matter what I knew. Sometimes if somebody else knew somebody different, they got the raises, they got the promotions, they got the cake jobs. Um, you know, it's just here, you do the work, you're gonna, you're gonna make the rewards. You don't, need, you don't need prior experience. You don't need certification. You know, we were getting all kinds of certifications in construction. You know, skills can be learned. We have a training system that it's digital. Everything's digital. I still got lots of books. I like an old the book. But you can be trained step by step. You know, yeah. learn as you earn is what we talk about. Learn so, as you earn. Yes. Yeah. So, Jack, what we're yeah. going to do is take a That's break. Your pace. We're going to take a break, and then we'll be back to continue and resume where you left off. And thank you so much. Okay. Again. Thank you for tuning in to episode 309. This is the Exceptional School Show. I am your host, Sage the Page Poet. That is my signature. And I'm welcoming you, those that are now tuned in. If you would like to call in, the call-in number is 867-292-3066. I repeat, 867 867- 292-3066. When asked for the show's ID number, keep in mind the number is a six-digit number. That number is 133193. I repeat, 133193. And when you're asked for a PIN number, you simply would press one on the telephone keypad and then the pound key, after which you will hear a voice that will announce you may now join the call. Your mic is unmuted. At that point, I ask that you not speak until you are acknowledged. Give me the opportunity to invite you to speak and then introduce yourself by giving us your name. And if you are a member of an organization, a literary artist group, or if you are 
a owner of your own business. You can announce the name of that business. We do welcome any and all independent contractors, giving them opportunity to promote their business and to encourage others to look them up online. Now, we're going to return to the spotlight where our special guest, Mr. Jack Horchar, is awaiting us so that we can continue tonight's exclusive interview hour with our interview. And we are now in discussion about the nine essential components of a dream business. Listen attentively if you have instruments to write with and to take notes. I do ask that you will gather them up at this time. Keep them handy because information is given and there is much to consider. And if you are diligent, you will acquire much good essential facts that will help you moving forward in your efforts as a, an entrepreneur for many of you, because a lot of you are independent contractors, and as a small business owner, because many of you have launched and started your own LLCs. So I welcome everyone tonight. I see that my co-host has joined. Welcome, Zipporah. You are now live. Welcome. All right, Waddle. Thank you, Sage. And how are you tonight? I am well, thank you. And we have Mr. Jack Horcher in the spotlight tonight. And we're discussing the nine essential components of a dream business. And he is sharing with us about the life organization and the smart app. So listen closely. You may have some questions for him. I guarantee you will get a full answer. Welcome back, Jack. Welcome. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Good stretch of the way. You know, when you started to sing a little bit, I was having visions of Sarah Vaughn and Ella Fitzgerald and I'm like, you're taking me back to the music there, Francine. <laughs> oh, okay. So. Yeah, I'm a diligent listener of WRTI, so <laughs> uh, you'll hear I got a, playing I got in the background. I got an album called Lady yeah. and I listen to that all the time. Um, oh, anyway, okay. Yes. Well, we're up to point seven. Let me hit the first real quick. Platform-based, subscription-based, is digital and easily distributed. There's a high return and low risk, asymmetrical risk. It's home-based. It's open to everyone as long as you're 18. Um, number seven is what we provide. The business has access to mentoring and util utilizing this, what we call the three keys to wealth. First one's financial literacy. You know, understanding money, learning how to keep it, learning how to um, build it. Uh, the second one is uh, leadership. You know, it's learning how to um, effectively lead others, getting people to buy into your ideas that they'll follow and hopefully build. Um, one of the things they talk about here is it's easier for a mentor to find a hungry student than it is for a student to find a mentor. And I found that true in many, many fields. Construction, the old timers, they don't want to give up their knowledge because you're a threat to their job. You're in competition. Uh, even in music, I was in music for a lot of years as an amateur. Um, you know, it, I found some good people. 
but they're hard to find when you're on the student side looking for a mentor. We provide that willingly. We want people to grow as a team. We can do a whole lot more good than an individual can. It just We can achieve a lot. And that is actually the fundamental portion is leverage. Let's leverage ability with a lot of people. Let's leverage the information that is given to us by people that have gone through the hard knocks. Now, let's learn from their experience so we don't have to go through that ourselves. But also, they're willing to come back and help us. Then the eighth one is have a debt-free company. The life organization is debt-free. Uh, they were debt-free from the moment they lost the launch. The two principal founders are debt-free. They put up all the money to start the life company back in uh, November, November of 2011. So without debt, there's no stress. They can weather, they've accumulated enough and been smart with what they're teaching us that they can weather the financial storms. Our, most of our office staff, are, 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 they're all working from home. The company, the founders, they took cuts to provide more to the field and more for their workers, the staff, so that they can keep everything hopping. It, it's completely opposite of everything I've, I've found over the last 40-some years uh, in business and working for other organizations. And the last one and the big one is really our one of our taglines is have fun in the business. Can you have fun? Can you make money? And can you make a difference? Uh, it's just uh, worked for a lot of companies. You were having fun. They thought you were goofing off. Uh, mm-hmm. Making money, you were usually limited if you worked for someone else. If you work for yourself, you, you, you're limited by your own, by the hours that you can work. But then making a difference is huge. We have a whole component in our organization that gives back. It's part of a charitable group called Help Trace Outreach. And we do uh, missionary work around the globe. Uh, I was in a project helping rebuild a house up in Bloomsburg in central Pennsylvania. Um, we get together, we do things. And one of the biggest things we've done in the last couple of years is, this is would be near and dear to you, Ms. Francine, is they teamed up with Tim Ballard of Operation Underground Railroad, which is human trafficking of kids. They brought they brought Tim in to our major conferences, and four months later we had another. They set up a challenge, and four months later we were together again, and we presented Tim Bauer with a check for over seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. So to go toward um, his program, uh, it was it was quite a thing. We raised it across the community. Um, so yeah, we have some fun. I like to have fun. Who doesn't like to make some money? It takes money to just live. And if we can put ourselves in a financial situation that we're not struggling like we are today, uh, yeah, it just, I, my heart bleeds for all the business. It really does in this pandemic. But we also are touching a lot of lives um, in, in our, our giving back to the communities. And we do that across North America, not just here in the Philadelphia area, um, but across all of yeah. North America. But, but they're the nine components, and uh, mm-hmm. it's different. It's, we're in a digital age, and we're seeing 
that this can weather the storm of any type of pandemic. It doesn't matter. Um, we can build this because there's things that everybody can use. So, anyway, that's that's my right. nine they're my or my nine points. So Okay. Well um I appreciate you breaking down the particulars in reference to each of the nine essential components of a dream business. And I'm gonna uh defer now to my co-host and ask her if she may have a question or two for you and if she if she does i'll wait and then i'll resume with some questions that i may have and thank you warriors queen the mic is now yours waddle sage um hello jack how are you i'm doing good how are you yeah i'm well also uh a comment that i would like to say you know regarding when you said you know, making money, having fun by making money. In my viewpoint, that is going to be really hard for people to get used to doing is because they're, you know, uh, focused on doing what has to be done and uh, it being serious. And Absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. But we've got to do, and, and what my wife and I have done is we had traditional businesses. Now we're both retired from those professions. Um, but why not look at, and we discussed this in our financial fitness program with entrepreneurship, why not do something over and above for you while you're working for someone else? Or you're running another mm -hmm. business. What else can we do that can create a second stream that has the potential to grow? And you, know, you, you still got to enjoy your day. If you, and I've worked with some people, when they've gotten, they show up on the job and they are absolutely miserable. Well, they'll bring down everybody around. So when I say have mm. fun, feel fulfilled. Feel like I enjoy what I'm doing, so I consider that having fun. I'm not out cracking jokes all the time, although a lot of that's my nature. But when it's time to get serious, I get serious. But the outcome is I enjoy what I do. And the upside potential in earning can put me in a place where I'm, I'm not, I'm not worried about uh, paying the bills next month because we've got that covered. And we teach that in the financial fitness program. Um, so, and, but it's a stepping stone, but you're right. If, if you're focused on, especially in today's climate, business has been shut down and you're not making any money and, and you've got your family bills to pay and then you got your business bills to pay. You know, I, I I made a note here, and, and one of the things financially, um, I, I've talked with different bankers. You know, we talk about getting out of debt. We talk about creating more income. Bankers talk about credit repair. Get your credit score up. And so I'll go, okay, you got to get your credit score up. But what I think some of the illegal stuff, not that the banks do it, but your credit score is tied into payment. Uh, it's tied into mortgage rates. It's tied into insurance rates. I think all of that's illegal. I never heard of that stuff 40 years ago or 50 years ago when I got out of high school. But um, what I tell people is the banks, they want to sell you more credit, get your score better so you can borrow more money. Great. But debt, the interest payments pay their mortgage, pay their salaries. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. That's business. But if you're trying to get ahead and you're paying interest on, on money, you're paying more for the same product than you could if you could pay cash. Let's shoot for that utopian. Let's shoot for that. 
Um, that would be a goal. You can start stack, stack money aside. Um, the other is, uh, I just lost my train of thought. Don't get old. My brain wandered. Oh, and what was I thinking about debt? Oh, debt. And some people will talk about um, there's good debt and bad debt. You know, bad debt would be consumer debt, credit cards, things like that. Good debt would be business debt if you bought to, to invest in capital equipment, uh, something for your store, whatever. But you can't tell me today, I had this discussion not too long ago. I didn't make a friend that day. It was with a banker. I said, you can't tell me in today's climate that there's any good debt out there, you know, because they still want the payment on your lease, on your property, on your equipment that you finance um, to make your business better. But because of what's going on, you're not allowed to go to work. Uh, mm-hmm. So all debt is bad. So when I get debt free, you know, our company set up, you know, it's, it's a dream business. We're doing but we don't have heavy equipment. We Everything we do is digital. So let's just, it's a challenge. Let's change our thinking a little bit. And before I, I would partner up with people, I, I would say, we've got homework to do. We've got to get to know one another. I want you to understand what we're doing, but then see the upside. So, yeah, in, in today's climate, people are very serious about paying their bills. Absolutely. It's hard to have fun when you're struggling. So let's, let's help you get beyond that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And another thing I want to say, too, is uh, regarding about, you know, what's the quote? There's a time to play and a time to be serious. And it seems, though, that the boss, you know, at the job, they just want it to be all serious because they feel perhaps they feel if you, you know, do half and half, knowing when to put, you know, the play and then when to put the serious that, you know, that the play will overtake the serious and then nothing would get done. And regarding about, you know, like students and teachers, you know, like veterans, you know, feeling threatened that students are learning, you know, um, what the veterans had to learn in the beginning. And so a veteran is just a student, you know, a veteran is just a beginning student. And a student is a veteran in training. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you're, you're right. You know, it's, we're all learning. And, mm-hmm. and I, I have a, a mentor that passed a few years ago. He was a Marine vet, a few years younger than me, died of cancer. But he always said, um, learning is never out for the pro. So the people that succeed, you know, you wonder how some people succeed and others don't. And the one, mm-hmm. some of the ones that don't are hard workers. Mm-hmm. And, but the, the successful, they, they've got some different thinking. The only difference, mm-hmm. we, got, we still have 24 hours in a day. Let's change our thinking. If someone's going to teach me how to do the same thing I've been doing for 40 years or teach me how to do something and get a lot more reward with a lot less physical effort, what I'm doing now, yes, I enjoy it. I have some fun with it. I get serious when I talk to people about their future. There's nothing funny about that. But when I, I compare this to uh, construction, oh, my gosh. This is a cakewalk in comparison. Um, I, I help family members now. and I, do, I can't even lift some of the tools I used to throw around all day long. Um, but there's a big difference between being 30 and 64. Uh, but you know yeah there is a time to play and there's a time to work um but let's get serious about building something that can actually produce an ongoing a residual base income so that we've got stuff coming in and have stuff set aside 
so that when mm-hmm. the next pandemic of whatever it is, not to be the virus, but when something hits, we could be prepared. And you know, like I said, I don't. I, I my heart bleeds for the small businesses out there. You know, people are struggling. Well, let's let's help get through this. Let's do our government, and we'll leave it at that. Um, we got to get through this. But then let's start setting sights on how do we prevent put ourselves in a position to win even better. And we launched this app six months ago. This the whole platform. It's got the savings for everybody, but it's also got a business component. We haven't even gotten into that. These are just compo- nine ideas, nine basic components that we'll, if we could make them work, and we are at life, we can make them work for you. You know, what would your life look like? So, you know, it's just, this, is, this is education. This is education. You know, and they talk about teaching an old dog new tricks. I'm an old dog. I was born and bred in Philly. I got a Philly attitude. I hit things for 30 years for a living. <laughs> I can be as stubborn as anybody. But when I started to see the light, I started to see things. And what could be, it's, wow, it was uh, uh, a way. It really was. So. Yes. Now, in reference to the name of this business, can you share that so everyone that's tuned in that would like to look it up online to find out more facts or just to even, uh, in reference to the application process, get started with that. Can you share a little more about it, um, giving us the name of the company, giving us the link as well? And if there's any um, uh, videos sharing with us how one can actually review the video first and then ask questions um, later. Well, I'll give you three things. Well, first of all, it's called LIFE, L-I-F-E. And uh, they used to, the, the acronym they used to use was leadership is for everyone. Or living intentionally for excellence is what I like. Um, yeah. And uh, they're based out of Cary, North Carolina. They're founded by uh, two General Motors engineers. Actually, they started based out of Flint, Michigan. Um, and, and they've relocated down south. They said nobody should have to live in winter in Michigan. <laughs> so, but you can go to our website, go to my website, and that'll show you, uh, give you some information. I believe there's an introductory video when you plug in there. Um, but it's the website is win at life, W I N A T L I F E dot, it's kind of a long one, win at life dot win home page m-a-i-n-h-o-m-e-p-a-g-e dot com winatlife.mainhomepage.com that's that's my website that'll take you to the life site um you can email me it's my name jack j-a-c-k h-o-r-c-h-a-r at gmail.com glad to converse with anyone and my cell phone is Two six seven seven six seven two one two one. No, and I I welcome calls. I welcome people to contact me. Reach out because um, we can share some other information and get things in your hands and help you understand a little more of what's going on. Uh, and we haven't gotten mm-hmm. into the app at all tonight, uh, Francine. As you said, we'll we'll save that for next week. Um, 
But these right. are just some basic ideas that, that what can we do from home? And it's something that everybody can do. I said, this is technology. Over the last several years, as technology has, um, probably over the last, well, since 2011, um, at one point, I, ha- I don't have a new phone. I get my wife's old phone. She gets updated. And at one point, I had we had to get new phones because the phone I had wouldn't accept. I couldn't download the app, uh, the material from my own company. And the technology was increasing faster than than my ability to keep up with it. So uh, yeah, it's it's pretty sad when I can't listen to my own stuff because I've got an antiquated phone. Even my Bluetooth on the car said, "Your phone's too dumb for me." Uh, so, uh, it, it was, we had to move up, but we can do this. And it, the, the, the founders, the, the IT group we have are keeping pace with all the changes. And it's amazing how fast they are adding things and tweaking things. Uh, it's just, like I said, I, I'm having fun because I'm enjoying, this is all new to me. And but I'm enjoying it. So why can't I share how I'm having fun? And if I don't share how you can have fun too, then I'm being selfish. So that's that's really right. our goal. That's that's really our goal. Let's make money. Let's have fun, and then let's go out and share it. And for those who can't, we can still help them. We can still help them. So, mm-hmm. so there, but they're my three contacts. WinItLife.MainHomePage.com, my cell number, and uh, JackHorcher at gmail.com. And um, you're welcome. You know, like I said, I welcome anyone to call me. And uh, even if you're in a construction field, I love to talk to you. <laughs> we'll compare bruises <laughs> and pulled muscles. So. Great. Well, thank you. I mean, uh, what I'm going to say is I do appreciate that you took out the time to even give us a lot of introduction, informative facts regarding the business. Um, and again, as you said, its name is life. And I think just that alone um, is welcoming and inviting to someone on the outside looking in because Ultimately, you want to improve your life and everything that you do, you're doing it because you want your life to be more than what it has been. You want to see the outcome that you haven't yet witnessed. So you're doing what you're doing for the betterment of one's life. So it's a it's a good thing. Even the name itself is alluring, and then to learn of all the different ways one can save. Because I think right now, even being quarantined, people are understanding, in essence, the importance of savings, and that if they weren't saving so well prior to now, then there's certain things that they're experiencing that they wish they didn't have to. So just knowing right. that the company itself is one that encourages savings and it gives you so much in return for whatever, like just $30, which you're getting 70 back and you're just paying 30 for the entire month and you're constantly accruing 
and earning savings as you're active, I think that's a promised or promising venture. Um, Something that somebody that really wants to go far as an entrepreneur would definitely consider being a part of. So thank you for that introduction that you gave us today. And we are looking forward to part two to this, which will start um, on next week, Tuesday. And if you would like to just kind of share with everyone some of what you plan to talk about with us on next Tuesday, that would be great. And then share your contacts. And if there's any public announcements that you'd like to make in reference to your business, um, in reference to any calendar event updates for this month and next month, feel free to do so. The mic is now returned into your hands, Jack. Thank you. Um, just real quick, I was just going to say, I went to a, 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 a business, like a breakfast conference, probably five or six months ago. And there was a professor from uh, Villanova speaking. And the topic was business, but it was profit versus nonprofit. And I'm always interested to see how, what people say. Well, this guy said, you know what? Nonprofits are good. I've met a lot of people that want to start a nonprofit. Um, but he goes, there's a lot of them out there. He goes, why sure. don't we, as individuals, start a business, create a lot of profit, and then give back to the community? And I stood up and applauded. Mm. <laughs> I really did. And that's that's what our goal is. You know, it's like, you know, mm-hmm. we want to help. But next week, um, it's the super app. And I'm, I'm going to – I'll go through uh, – a little more what it is, um, some of our, our saving uh, components of it, some of the stores that are on it, some of the, uh, the various, there's about four or five components to it. Um, so it's not just, it's not like a, an Ebates or, or Rakuten, whatever they call it. Um, and uh, the immediacy of our rewards you know, uh, I got I get I get the rewards on that purchase before I even make it to the door. But we'll we'll go through some of that and um, talk a little bit more about where the life organization is looking to take this in the next couple of years, uh, and how many countries we are in as an organization. We're global, and it and it's growing. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit about my connection with a, uh, a teacher in, in uh, Nigeria. Uh, loves our, our leadership material stuff. But we'll talk about more. Uh, that's enough. I'm just going to tease you on that. We'll talk more about that okay. um, next week. And, again, my contact sure. is com. Jack Horchar at gmail.com, and 267 767 Two one two one. Please reach out to me. Um, we're taking this thing. This is going viral, and uh, let's take a lot of people with us. So, anyway, thank you very much, Francine. I enjoyed this thoroughly. Um, you're stretching me to talk professionally. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you you seem to be quite the natural. I don't I don't know that I'm really stretching you, but I'm definitely extending the mic to you, and you're just taking the mic and doing what you know to do. 
and I appreciate that. And thank you for all the um, facts. A lot were fun facts to learn, I'm sure for many to hear for the very first time. And then there's that element of seriousness because yes, we need to make some different decisions moving forward. A lot of times we've been so programmed or conditioned to doing things in a certain order that we don't realize that there's another way. And there may be a more excellent way to do things where we can make that profit that we're not currently seeing as far as grossing in an income higher than what we now see. So thank you so much for, I feel like I was at a conference. I feel like I was at a financial literacy conference. <laughs> and that's a good thing. So, yes. <laughs> I'm a, I am a product of their mentoring program. None of this was mine. Mm. I didn't do any of it. I am just, I am allowed to use it. I'm allowed to promote it. And, I, and they are willing to come back and teach me more and more. And that's what I want to share. And um, so I, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, God yeah. bless all the listeners out there. Stay safe another week or so, and hopefully we'll start re- re- lifting some of the re- restrictions. Um, I need a haircut, Dave. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Hey, that's real uh, talk. I'm sure a lot uh, of men out there and even some women that like to get their hair cut as well for certain styles, or we sympathize, we empathize yep. with you. <laughs> yes. I'm right there, so. All righty. Okay. Well, I look forward to talking right. to you later, well, and we'll see, every, see everybody next week. Yes. All right, next week. Thank you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that was Jack. I hope that you were taking some notes. Again, this was the introduction uh, interview tonight. We're looking forward to next week. I will be um, posting a lot more advertisements, just reminding everyone to tune in. You don't want to miss this. Um, remember, this was the intro tonight, but on next week, it's even more in depth as far as the details. We need to know, okay, now that we are considering signing up, um, what are all the things that are involved? And how will this improve or enhance my life? And in what ways? Um, We're going to hear more about the smart app. As Jack did share, we're going to hear from a customer and client in Nigeria. And it's only a success story. We know that this business is all about success in this business decision. So if you're involved, it's about you succeeding. As it was mentioned, you will have a mentor. Someone will literally become a mentor. That's not guaranteed with anything other. There's so many companies doing things that may seem a little similar, but you don't get the guarantee that there's someone that's going to be committed to you succeeding as far as a mentor assignment. That is how they're going to take their job and role in your life in terms of your involvement with this company. So that is a promise and that is promising. So I want to encourage everyone to come back next week on Tuesday. We're going to pick up where we left off tonight 
Again, let me share what the topic is about, just so that you can remember nine essential components of a dream business. And we are referring to LIFE, the organization. It is an acronym, and I'm going to share that link as well. But for now, I'm going right to what the focus will be. We're going to do a little more discussion about the super app because with technology and the way technology's wave is taking us all right now, the super app is what's essential. Yes, and for your everyday living, when you're shopping, when you're traveling, as was mentioned, so many things that we do. This super app is going to guarantee us earnings. So we're putting the money out as investors paying that $30 a month, but you're seeing a yield in return that's more than double that. Where else can that happen for us? Think about it. So I want you to contemplate, deliberate, and I want you to allow it to marinate in your brain. We have a lot more to learn about this. And I'm so grateful and thankful Jack Horchard will be back on next Tuesday to ensure that what we didn't learn yet, we are recipient of it then. So I want to say thank you again to everyone for tuning in. I want to thank Jack as well for being a part of the exclusive interview hour as our special guest in the spotlight. It was Indeed, a pleasure. And I want to say to everyone else, you want to start telling your friends about this now. Start telling your family members to tune in as well. I will be sharing as well on a variety of social media pages because we want everyone to benefit from this. This is not something that we plan to hoard and only tell certain individuals because they are our BFF. They are our direct kin. We want this information to become widespread. It should be widely known. So we need you to help us in that effort. And social media is a way we know that we can get this good news reported fast and furious. Because we want it to hit everybody, every community, the U.S. and abroad. So help us out. We thank you for those that will. All right. Now, at this time, we're continuing on. And I can see it's area code 267. Um, Jack, if you would like to continue and remain, you can. We'll be discussing publishing, both the traditional route of publishing and the non-traditional route of publishing and the hybrid route of publishing, which is actually a com combination of the two. So it's either traditional self-publishing or the hybrid that we'll be talking about. If you'd like to stay on the line, you can. If not, you can just um, uh, dismiss with our blessings and we look forward to your return on the panel next Tuesday. <laughs> Am I muted or no? No, actually you would have to hang up. <laughs> to disconnect. Okay. Yeah, I have, to, I'm going to go can. pick up onto our business, our business call that my wife's on. So yeah, I figured that. Yep. No problem. Please give great give night. our regards to your wife, and you have a great night as well. And thanks so much Absolutely. again for you your informative forum. Good night, everyone. You're welcome.
All right, at this time, I'm welcoming Warriors Queens and Porter Thelman, co-host of the Exceptional Scribble Show. Welcome back. This is her hour, ladies and gentlemen. If you have questions, I'm, I want to provide the information once more for calling in. This show is a community call and broadcast. To participate, call in. Here's the number, 867-292-3066. I repeat, 867-292-3066. And we have a show ID number. That's very critical or vital information. Here is that number. The show's ID number is 133-193. I repeat, 133-193. I want to say thank you again to each and every caller. Please, if you'd like to join us after that, you're asked for a PIN number, those that are calling in. The PIN number is the following. You would press 1 on the telephone keypad. And then press the pound key. Press 1 on the telephone keypad. Then press the pound key. And then you will enter the call as a guest. I want to say a big thank you to each and every one. Tuned in for, and to all supporters of the Exceptional Scribble Show. You are the wind beneath our wings. We could not fly without you. We're flying because of you. Thank you for being a part of us. Thank you for allowing us the opportunity. And we do and we do look forward to um, what information you will be providing tonight. I want to uh, thank Warriors Queen Deborah Thalman, who's on the call right now. Um, Warriors Queen, we're going to take a moment. Uh, break and then we'll get started with you be facilitating and thank you as well for that as well I'm 
for those that would like to be a part of this forum and this is an open forum we cater to callers again the number 867-292-3066-867-292-3066 the show's ID number is 133-193 I repeat 133 133- one nine three. The show's ID number is a six digit number one three three one nine three. After that, you will hear a voice prompt. You will be asked for the PIN number. For the PIN number, you simply would press one on the telephone keypad and then press the pound key to enter the call as a guest. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, warriorist Queen Zipporah Thelman, the mic is now returned to your hands. Waddle Sage, Asa Inouye Nigadon, good evening everybody. I am Warriors Queen Zipporah Thelman, co-hostess for the Exceptional Scribble Show, and I am going to introduce more useful publishing information plus a new section of information that I want to introduce that'll be helpful for the listening audience. So I'm going to start with my regular writing advice and discoveries, which are the following three pieces. And then I will take questions and comments for them afterwards. Number one, respect the classics, which are literature's birthers. Mm. 
Number two, fiction and nonfiction characters do the opposite, making the impossible happen while the other does it for real. And number three, reading helps readers to see their own viewpoints. Awesome. So, Warriors Queen, if you could do us the honors and begin with just one, and we'll get feedback. Um, and if you can reread or restate what number one is for our listening audience. Thanks. Much appreciated. Sure. Number one, respect the classics, which are literature's birthers. Mm-hmm. Respect the classics. Some people may not quite know or understand what that means. All right. So I explain is that classics you know, are to be origins of literature, you know, the mm-hmm. books and et cetera. And so the classics are what readers and writers, you know, learn from. Now, can you give an example um, as in sharing some book titles of some classics for everyone? All right, all right, I'm gonna do one that's before my time. Toni Morrison, uh, let's see, what was it, Beloved? I'm just gonna name uh, the uh, books that I know of her. Uh, Beloved and Song of Solomon, those are the only, only two that I've heard of. Oh, and the third one, Tar Baby. Now, I'm going to share um, for literature in terms of classics, the actual um, classics that may be um, for the academia audience out there that may be what they would refer to would be, um, and I'm going to share a few of those. We're going into the novels, like um, Charles Dickens novels. Um, there's a couple of other ones. Um, I know now Treasure Island, well, Treasure Island is definitely a classic, and that dates 1883. Um, you have The Wind in the Willows. That was one of my favorite ones as a child. Um, that dates 1908. So you'll notice a lot of the classics um, that are classics today uh, some of them go far back, and A Tale of Two Cities by uh, Charles Dickens, to be more specific. Then you have Oliver Twist by Charles Dickens. Oliver Twist dates 1838. Um, A Tale of Two Cities dates 1859. Then you have something that's more of our era time, or not too too late, or far back, uh, Charlotte's Web, which I'm sure a lot of people... Yeah. Um, you know, have read at one time in their early uh, education years, um, going down to lower level education. Uh, Charlotte's Web, that is a classic today. And the year is 1952 when it was released. Um, then you have Dorian Gray. Okay, the picture of Dorian Gray. Uh, that dates 1891. Then you have Alice's Adventures in Wonderland which dates 1865. And we know a lot of people have written, um, they have taken that classic and they have added their twist to it. I was privileged to be a part of such an actual composition, an artist by the name of Kevin Jones. 
he took the Alice in Wonderland story and he gave it a, a culturally um, ethnic twist where it embraces the African culture and heritage. And it's a, it's a beautiful artistic depiction. I mean, you see a lot of African art throughout each scene. Um, I think the only thing that's kind of, not, even the hourglass, uh, you'll note the way it's designed uh, in the geometric sense is more of the Afrocentric um, context. So I just wanted to put that out there because a lot of times people are doing that. They're taking a classic, which is what? It's famous. A classic is what? It's popular. It's renowned. And they're giving their, tw their twist. And as an artist, you are permitted and allowed to do that. That's not plagiarism. When you give it your twist and you have a reason or purpose for doing it, such as you wanted a certain culture to be embraced. So you chose that culture. It's the same story. It's just given the context from an aesthetic artistic perspective of what Alice in Wonderland would be like from the African perspective. So I was treated, I was even invited to be Alice in the story. <laughs> and Ooh. at that time I had my twist, two strand twist hairstyle. So you'll see Alice with the two strand twist hairstyle and, um, You'll notice all of the characters in the, uh, they're all African art sculptures for the characters from the Queen of Heart and so on. Now the Cheshire Cat happened to be the artist owned a um, uh, orange tabby. I believe it was his daughter's and the cat just kept coming in our space when we were doing the, the art and the story. The cat just kept coming in our space. So we said, well, the cat apparently is going to be the Cheshire cat in the story. <laughs> so you'll notice it's an orange tabby. And I tell you, the cat literally was doing those different poses and making itself known as wanting to be, hey, I want to be in this. This is my way of getting in. So the cat kind of auditioned for the part of the Cheshire cat. <laughs> His daughter's cat. So it's kind of, it was cool. It was cool. It was fun. And being someone growing up in the inner city and seeing how you can take a classic like Alice in Wonderland and you can add to it um, the aesthetic art that embraces your culture and the culture of people that are melaninated people, I thought that was a, a major accomplishment. And I look forward to having the artist on the third uh, Tuesday night in June the artist and the composer of the book, Alice in Wonderland, from the African or Afrocentric perspective and melaninated people perspective, will be on the panel from 8 to 9 p.m. And I'll be um, making that announcement again the week before, just reminding people. Uh, and kudos to Kevin Jones. It was his first time actually being not just an artist, because he is an artist, professionally speaking. He has taught art from the higher ed academia level. And he has a lot of artwork that is on display throughout the city. One was actually chosen in a part of a movie, I believe the Philadelphia story. Um, one of his art portraits is literally in it. 
and shown. So he has writing, he has art credits to his name now. He has writing, published author credits with the art credits to his name. And he did a fine job. It was his first time doing such as far as actually writing the text himself. And I, from someone who is a writer, I tipped my head off to him because, I mean, he did well. He did very well. And I encouraged him, and he was quite um, humble and, and, and touched that I would take out the time to just let him know how well he did, and that being his first published books. And he's looking forward to his next one. So um, we'll talk again. He's going to be on the third Tuesday in June. And now I'm handing the microphone back to Warriors Queen to continue. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Waddle Sage. All right. So the second piece of advice uh, is fiction and nonfiction characters do the opposite, making the impossible happen while the other does it for real. And repeat that and just read it a little more slowly for our listeners. I just want to make sure everybody took it all in because a lot is said in that statement. Sure. <clears throat> Fiction and nonfiction characters do the opposite, making the impossible happen while the other does it for real. And can you explain it, break it down for our listening audience? Sure. So with fiction is not real. So you have the characters and the stories that, you know, do things like including magic, et cetera, to make, you know, uh, to make the things that they want to happen, you know, come to get, come alive. And so whereas in, uh, in nonfiction, they do it for real, like they're able to, you know, see what works you know, to make the things happen. And read it one more time because it was something I was hearing or I thought I was hearing. I want to make sure about it first before I give my um, commentary as well. Thanks. Sure. All right. Fiction and nonfiction characters do the opposite, making the impossible happen while the other does it for real. Mm, making the impossible happen while the other does it for real. Fiction and um, non-fictional characters? Yes, fiction and non-fiction characters. And non-fiction characters, yes. And they do us the honors. And, and yep. um, I tell you, a lot of a lot can be said about fiction too, Warriors Queen. Um, I know there's many benefits of reading fiction, and I'm I'm just going to share one thing that I had found out, and I thought it was awesome. I started sharing it as an educator with parents about fiction. And this is what 
what it is. It says, reading fiction provides mental stimulation, which helps with memory, vocabulary, and focus. We live in an era where so many children have been diagnosed with ADD, which is attention deficit disorder, or ADHD, which is attention deficit hyperactive disorder. So because reading fiction provides mental stimulation, which helps with memory, vocabulary, and focus, that's a good genre to introduce early to our youth of today. And another thing about reading fiction, when reading it, it puts, we put ourselves into the mind of the characters. Mm-hmm. So you actually become that character. Personification can occur. A lot of things can happen. This can help develop empathy and emotional intelligence. So see, it's, it's intellectually beneficial, emotionally supportive and affirming. And there's just so many benefits of reading in general. But in, in particular, reading fiction provides mental stimulation, which helps with memory, vocabulary, and focus. So I did want to share that for everyone with everyone. And thanks, Warriors Queen, for allowing me to share it. You're welcome, Sage. And that was some great information you shared, too. Mm-hmm. All right. And number, th- uh, and number three, reading helps readers to see their own viewpoints. Say that again. I think it kind of came off so fast. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Might have just heard the tail end of your commentary. No problem. All right. Reading helps readers to see their own viewpoints. Reading helps readers to see their own viewpoints. Um, and can you put that in your own words and explain that for everyone? Sure. When people read stories, they're able to, you know, despite the writer's viewpoint of view, and then when the readers read it, they can understand, you know, what they want to say, you know, about the story itself, themselves rather. Now, um, repeat that one last time for everybody. I want to make sure everyone heard it. Mm. All right. Reading helps readers to see their own viewpoints. So in other words, when people are reading stories and they see, you know, and uh, they see what they want to see, you know, regarding it. And then with the story, it tells them, you know, it explains to them you know, it helps their understanding. Mm-hmm. And that's so key. Um, can you share with everybody why it's so important? Some may not know. Thanks. All right. So when you're, re- 
You're you're welcome. When you're reading a story, you're reading somebody else's viewpoint. But when you as you read it, and then you can able to see things in there that will help your own viewpoint. And you'll say, you know, wow, even though this person is, you know, telling it from, you know, you know, A, B, and C, you know, I understand, but then it will further right reading somebody else's viewpoint will help further understand your own. And I think understanding, like it was, it was stated in what I shared about the benefit of reading fiction. Empathy, empathy, empathy. It is so important that. Of, of any individual, especially our youth today, that they have opportunities that grant them permission to experience empathy. And if fiction is what will do that for our youth, then we really need them reading more fiction. And I think stories like, okay, the Black Panther, where you take yeah. a fiction character, but that fiction character literally um expresses some true ideals even as far as the actual plot and story itself was parallel yes. to an actual um nation of people i mean what are you doing you're you're encouraging our youth today to look in regards to to look at life in a a better sense than the way that they've been trained to based on a lot of the negative images they're seeing because now they're seeing okay I can help my community just like the character Black Panther was able to do with the um, people of his nation and Mm -hmm. how um, you don't have to be a product of the environment in terms of the the cons, what's negative, right. you can be mm-hmm. the exception to the rule in terms of the pros, mm-hmm. like the Black Panther was. He mm-hmm. showed yes. there is a better way, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, this is Warriors Queens of Poor, and I want to add to regarding Black Panther, there was these two children, uh, two brown melanated children, a boy and a girl, and they were at a Black Panther poster pointing to the different characters that they identify with. And so I'm this character, I'm that character. That's it, for identification mm-hmm. purposes. Because mm-hmm. so many of our youth have been what? They've been kind of indoctrinated to think heroes are only white, Superman is only white, Superwoman yeah. is only white. Uh-huh. So yeah. Now they're starting to see these heroes, and they are melaninated men, melaninated women, okay? Mm-hmm. Even yes. like that one, different ones. And it's giving mm-hmm. them a whole different or whole new perspective on, wow, so I'm super too. I can be super. Mm-hmm. Here's how. You know, and, and these movies or comics and cartoons are actually showing them how they can be super. There's a storyline. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you find those heroines and heroes, they came out of some really tough um, environments. They experienced Mm -hmm. some really um, hard, some hardships. 
there were some devastating things that happened in their lives before they became aware of the super power that they possess inside of them. And I think that's encouraging to our inner city today because it's yeah. not their fault. They're growing up in communities yeah. that are crime-ridden and gang, mm-hmm. um, gang-bossed communities and communities where there's a lot of violence. Domestic violence is on the rise now. They're saying even more so during this quarantine than it was before. And even child abuse cases have increased during this quarantine where you would suspect, okay, more people are in the house and you know families are together. That's going to produce a lot of positive outcomes. Well, not necessarily the case all the time. So we do have to keep in mind that there's things happening um, that our youth are falling victim and prey to. And we've got to offer them options, offer them to benefit them and encourage brave and to have courage during these uncertain times. Yes. Yes. And uh, Sage, I want to comment on the melanated superheroes. On an episode, I did read an article that was titled, I think after, let me get the um, article title real quick. And I'm, it's a good thing I came across it. Yeah. Here it is African Origins for Hero Myth by J.D. Jackson. And that's all I wanted to say was the title is because a lot of these um, the superheroes that are, you know, Caucasian, they're actually stolen from the original heroes that were melaninated slash brown. So very true. I want to thank you for sharing it because I did see something. I remember coming across it because I was curious about Wonder Woman, the original mm-hmm. um, thought, because mm-hmm. she was an Amazon, and the Amazons mm-hmm. were women of color. That was the original plot or original thought that she would be a woman of color. And I noticed the one that they had um, starring um, a woman that's from Israel, Israel as far as mm-hmm. Wonder Woman. You know, she had the olive complexion, and then you notice a lot of the women that were from from the same place she was from the island they were all a lot of them were women of color and their hairstyles a lot of them had the braids ethnic hairstyles so i said we're getting closer and closer how do we get closer and closer to painting the accurate portrayal or portrait of these heroes and heroines in the way that they were originally chosen to be portrayed which were after different communities and nations of melaninated people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, and also you. in this art and also in this article, the African origins for hero myth, it says here, I'm just gonna read some of it. Uh well, I might as well start from the beginning. Historically heroes, superpowered or not, come in all shapes and sizes. But what about colors? If we allow your standard history book and Hollywood small and silver screen productions to answer that question, the overall answer would be that the color is only one, white. Black heroes, it seems, do not exist.
So um, we're getting some mixed facts here. Um, we're getting some mixed information here. So we're hearing on the one hand uh, about melaninated heroes and heroines and what was chosen, of course. We got to keep in mind, when it's a Eurocentric supremacist mm -hmm. um, government that has controlled much of the industries and corporations by which movies and films are made and so on and so forth. Expect that you're going to see more what? White faces mm -hmm. on the silver screen. Then, uh, um, in terms of uh, diversity, that's just the way it goes. Mm -hmm. And yes. the land has been one where a white hostile takeover place. When 1492, when this land was invaded by those that were of European nations and countries, they came and they saw and they conquered. Mm -hmm. They divided mm -hmm. the people. They turned the, the nations against each other. Yes. Yes. The Civil and War. The, yeah. And even, mm -hmm. you know, business people, they use certain nations and, and they turn them against each other. Yes. And literally That's stole what, yeah. the land. So mm -hmm. this land mm -hmm. does not belong to the, the, the England, England's um, mm -hmm. uh, aristocracy or their queen. It, mm -hmm. it really was not originally hers. It was not originally yeah. King. Um, Henry's or any of the kings that came over mm -hmm. to colonize America. This land belonged to the indigenous people. They had their own laws of which yes, treaties. they were governed by the natural laws. Mm -hmm. And this is law. This is historic documented law. You can find this. They had their own councils. They had their own governments. And they had their own judicial system. Then the Moors came over, and we got to keep this in mind too. The Moors came over, and they mm -hmm. made an agreement with the Euro with the Europeans. They colonized yes. the land, so a lot of indigenous mm -hmm. people were and did become enslaved. Yeah, okay? enslaved. Yes, not mm -hmm. the Moors were melaninated people too, but some of them made agreements with George Washington and different ones yes. and that was, their nations would not be enslaved mm -hmm. but they in turn allowed indigenous nations the people that were here first mm -hmm. to become so that's where they came they saw they divided and they conquered the Europeans have done that strategy here they've done it in every country right now in Africa, China is there now. Mm -hmm. And China has made some sort of agreement and they claim they're going to build up the infrastructure of Africa. Okay? And China, I, I will say this. China has done very well for itself in terms of its business ec ec economy. And in terms of being successful in business and in trade and commerce, so it's not that they don't have the wherewithal, the knack, the insight, the wisdom, 
to do that in Africa. But what is your underlined motive, arterial motive? What is it? Be straight up. Are you there? Because, okay, now in China, it's overpopulated. You don't have much land space to continue to grow as far as population. So you need another place to continue to expand. Mm -hmm. Now, is that it? From what I've been told, a lot of African women were entreated by these businessmen, different businessmen there, and they have had their babies. These babies are being treated as outsiders by some Africans because the African men are saying, these are not children. And then the, the Asian Chinese men are saying, I can't bring those babies and their mothers back to China with me. My wives would have a problem with that. So see, it's causing friction right now. And there's a lot of the mm -hmm. women that are feeling used because they believe mm -hmm. those men love them. They made them offers or what have you. But see, the reason why they got involved with those women is because in Africa, if you are born there as a woman, you're attached to the land. So that's the Pocahontas. Right. To own or to take, still purchase, barter land. And that child is like collateral damage. Collateral. And and it's unfortunate, but this is what's happening. But I just wanted to share that news because some people aren't aware of what's going on in Africa right now. But now you have China over there and they're claiming they're gonna, you know, strengthen and build up the infrastructure in terms of business and commerce, but there's a lot more going on than that. They need more land to further expand. China now is overpopulated, does not have mm -hmm. enough for another baby boom to go on there. So Africa, they see it's, it's a continent, countries within a continent, and it's bigger than what they show us on that map. This new mm -hmm. map is an injustice. It is an injustice. It's not the original map. The original map shows how huge the continent of Africa is in comparison to many others. Every continent literally just about could fit in it. Now, you tell me that somebody tamper with the map because they want to play with our minds in terms of educating us, miseducating our youth, miseducating our youth. No way, no how any European country should be larger than the continent. Any European continent should be larger than the continent of Africa. It's not real. That's not true. Not at all. So just to share, there's been a lot of misinformation. Um, companies have literally sold out and allow these new atlases, they are, they really do an in-service and injustice as far as the full size and vastness of Africa or Alkebulon. The original name was Alkebulon, which means the Garden of Eden. Mm -hmm. It was not Africa. Again, 
Africanus or whoever that name was given, which was a name of somebody that apparently was an explorer. Yeah, Scorpius, I think his name was. He was a Roman um, Roman man. You know, an explorer or a conqueror. Not a name that was the original name. Al Kebulon. A-L-K-E-L-O-N. That was the original name. And it means the Garden of Eden. So we really need to study a little further. Get the full information. We need to be well informed of what are the facts. Why certain wars are always... Why are they still going after Kuwait now that Trump is in? Not the Bush era anymore. Why are they sending our soldiers, our, our sons, our nephews, our husbands, our fathers, our uncles? Why are they sending them back to Kuwait? Wasn't that over? The land. The land. The land. The two key words. But not just the land. They still wanted whatever was not retrieved the last time. And I know it has mm. to do with a natural resource. If mm. it's not the salt, it's the oil. Mm. Whatever was not retrieved the last time, they're trying to get it again. That's greed, okay? Mm. When the U.S. has its own oil, even the state of Pennsylvania is rich in oil. Now, that's a fact. The state of Pennsylvania, it's a known fact, is very rich in oil. We have some places right here, not just Texas, where oil is rich. But we want to go into other countries and take what's theirs. And you don't want to ask. You don't want to barter with them. You don't want to exchange, have a fair exchange with them. Okay, let's trade. You give us some of your oil, we give you some of our whatever. No, that you don't play fair. Our government has not played fair with other nations and countries for a very long time. And a lot of these wars don't even have to happen. You can send your ambassador, there should be negotiations, and then a resolution. Everything does not have to end in the war. Where we're losing our men. Mm-hmm. Melaninated men. Yes. On the front lines. And we got to see it for what it is. Why are you executing the melaninated man? Yeah. But it's wrong yes. with you. It's mm. not okay. This is not okay. If we don't make a loud noise about what's going on, we are going to continue to see it occur. Black Lives Matter, one thing that I do like about the group is they were never afraid to go to wherever the incident occurred, rally the people up, organize a public rally, and have the issue addressed publicly and welcome and invite that city or state's officials to come and to give their action plan. What are you going to do now? Okay, it's in your face. You see what happened. We all saw it. It was nationally, publicly seen. Now, what are you going to do about it? 
the people have come together asking you how are you going to advocate for change how are you going to advocate for resolution to what is wrong because this is wrong it shouldn't have happened now we have another incident police officers Mm -hmm. um, making an arrest I believe it was in Minnesota and it's a man of color and you could see the officer's knee on the man's neck. The, another incident, the man is saying, I can't breathe. Mm -hmm. Why? Why? Another death, senseless mm -hmm. murder occurs and police involved and they were white officers. Mm -hmm. Two well, many correction, yeah. Yeah, one officer, the, the neat officer on his Gregory Floyd's neck, that was the uh, the late target now. He was, uh, a police officer was Caucasian, and a second cop, his partner, was Asian. Well, I, I saw the one that had the knee on that was Caucasian, mm -hmm. and I'm going to yes. be honest. Mm -hmm. His partner, whoever his partner was, whether he was Asian, whether he was indigenous, whatever he was, he should have stopped him and said, look, what mm. you're doing is wrong. That is a choke hold. You're using mm. your knee, not your hands, but it's still a choke hold. Mm. He cannot breathe. Stop what you're doing. If he cared about him, he would have redirected mm. it. So all of them are at fault. The one that was videotaping, I don't know what role he played in. I don't know if this was a just a innocent bystander. Hopefully mm. it was. But I mean, we just had another incident that happened with the jogger. And then we learned oh, yes. that mm. the person that videotaped was actually a part of that group of men that decided they were going to kill. Yes. And then their daughter, you know, the sister... Um, she took a picture of Amal Aubrey's uh, corpse and uh, put it on Snapchat. Said she was a fan of big crime. I mean, true crime. See, this is the problem. We have mm. some infected minds. Hate has infected the mm. next generation. Yes. And the youth that are infected by the hate, all they know is whatever they were taught mm. from a baby. That's all they know, because they didn't come up during the 50s and the 40s to really know the struggle. No. no. They are literally, this is what you call, it's, it's miseducation, number one, because they were lied to, too. They were told that melaninated men were murderers, rapists, all these bad things. So when they see a melaninated man, the first thing that they're going to think in their mind because of what they were told since they were little is this man is going to hurt me. That's the first thing. The very first thing they're going to think, this man is going to hurt me. I'm, I'm, I feel, this is stand, uh, stand your normal. I feel threatened. Yeah. I'm intimidated. Yeah. I fear Those for my life. That are going to be because they've been programmed to think that way and to feel that way. 
based on the person's skin tone. That is so wrong. It's so terrible that this has been going on in this country for far too long. You can go to other countries. I've met people that were not born here that were European, and they are different. A lot of them aren't even sure why this is going on. Some of them are like, what? Why are they treating you and your people like this? So we really, really need to take some time and we need to get active, you know, proactive. Find out what can I do. If it means I need to vote different, I'm literally now, I'm changing my party affiliation. That's it. I'm not going Democrat and Republican no more because we've been Democrat and Republican for ages. And what has it done for us lately? Janet Jackson song comes to mind. What has it yes. done? What has it done for me lately? Yeah, what has it done for us? We still in the same what? Still seeing the same um, being underserved treatment? No, no. We The only way we're going to see different results, we got to vote different. I mean, totally different people. We got to say, all right, what are the other parties? There's a Green Party. There's a Constitution Party. There are other options. I was sharing with someone today, and they asked. They said, well, well, what's the other options? And I was able to give it to them. There are other options. For far too long, we've been voting Democrat and Republican, and honestly, it's just the same soup, a different party. What are they doing? Same soup, a different bowl. What are they really doing to change the narrative and to change the outcomes and to change the end results? which we live every decade. There's no excuse for what is going on. There should not be. There should not be. And we think one is better than the other? No. If you find that your people are still oppressed, are still not given their civil liberties, are still mistreated, are still being gunned down like animals in the street, what has changed? What has stabilized? What is better? So we have to wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Like that song, Wake Up Everybody. Mm -hmm. The world won't get no better until we start caring. And, and, and the hearts, it, it takes the heart being changed. The hate factor is what's killing us. Mm -hmm. It's constantly killing us. When they stop hating us, we'll start not dying by the droves. They, they interviewed a doctor 
They interviewed a nurse in Brooklyn, New York. Both of them said, in terms of COVID-19, the patients that were melaninated people, they saw they were being killed. Things were being done. There were a lot of medical errors made to them. And, and the one nurse, she had to literally escape so she could talk about it. She said, I don't know. I, I, I can't deal with this. I can't deal with this. It's, 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 it's tearing me up inside because I know mm-hmm. we are trained to know what not to do. Mm-hmm. Why are we making these medical errors we know not to do? And is it because these are melaninated people? Mm-hmm. Are we being told to kill them? I mean, she was real clear. It was very clear. This is not okay. And I think we got comfortable because we thought, you know, when we saw President Obama as president, we thought that things got better. We didn't realize things only got worse. Look at what happened as soon as he got And things were going on while he was in to let us know. Mm-hmm. This station is not better. And if we don't start making different decisions, stop doing the same thing. We were thinking the Democratic Party is the savior. No, 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 no. Go back in history and find out what happened to us under the watch of the Democratic Party. Yes. American Civil War. Reddit. We have to be Independent Party exists. Green Party exists. Constitution Party exists. Libertarian Party exists. Now they want to eradicate Independent Party. And they only want it to be Green Party, Constitution Party, and Libertarian Party. These are considered the minor parties, but they exist aside from Democrat and aside from Republican. And for years, Democrat and Republican have been the major parties because they get the funding. And the major corporations, the big corporations, are their backers. That doesn't make them better than the others. And that's where we come in. We need to do the research and literally find out what has this party done for my community? What have they done for my community lately? Because the numbers don't lie. And I'm not talking about giving out some free uh, freebies every once in a while. That's a tax write-off. They really did nothing. But they want our guns, don't they? Every so often they have that. That public announcement made turning your guns. You ever think about why that is? And we'll give you either if they don't give us money, they've given us cash for our guns. Mm 
They want our guns. If you give away your guns and someone breaks in to your home, I mean, they kick your door in. That's a break in. Mm -hmm. That's a break in. If somebody kicks your door in, I don't care what uniform they have on. If they kick your door in, that's your house. I'm talking about homeowners, not squatters. And even if you're paying rent, you have renter's rights. They are not to kick your door in and invade your home with weapons, threatening the life of you and your loved ones. We need to look at what's going on. Our rights are being taken away daily, monthly, bi-monthly, quarterly, yearly. Examine. It is what it is. Our rights are being taken away. What are we doing to counteract this? How are we voting? Are we falling for the line, Trump is the bad guy? Trump is a man just like any other man. Trump has, yes, a lot of faults. We have learned some of them. There's more that will be exposed in weeks and days ahead. But what you got to realize is dirty politics is going on on both sides. Mm-hmm. And we really have to think, I might need to change, not might, I need to consider what are the other options? The minor parties, Green Party, Constitution Party, Libertarian Party. What are their ideals? Because whichever one has ideals that best identify with what my ideals are, then I need to join that party in terms of voting. Because voting for the lesser of two evils has gotten us nowhere fast. Mm-hmm. We still find ourselves in the same predicament. That's a disgrace. After so many melaninated people lost their lives for us to simply have the right to vote. We've got to do better moving forward. We've got to take our voting right seriously and say, in order to change this narrative and the outcomes, I'm going to have to become a member of a party, not those two parties anymore, because I've been there and I don't see nothing happening that's different. And every time I turn around now, we got Trump. What? We went from President Obama to Trump. That should make you scared enough to know you better think smart and make a real change and stop repeating the pattern Because if you want a different outcome and a different result, your decision-making has to change. Party affiliation must be different.
And it's not too late. It's never too late. It's not too late. We can do better. Warrior is Queen, you can carry on. I just had to speak. That was on my mind and heart. And um, I just had to share that because we have gone too far from, we've fallen too far from grace in terms of uh, what's going on in politics in this, in this country. We really need to fix things fast, for real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, understood, Sage. You know, you needed to, you know, you needed to talk to, you know, to get that medicine, you know, for what was bothering you. And mm-hmm. I agree, you know, about the lesser two evils. Galiliga, you're welcome. And I agree about the lesser two evils again, you know, with uh, Joe Biden and Trump. And it's like, oh, what are you going to do? You got to find a way to break that cycle. All right, so I'm going to return to the publishing information. Our, and uh, I have three articles to read, but I'm looking at the time. It's 10.09, so I'm going to continue with the rest you know, of the uh, information hour. And then if I do have time to read the articles, I'll come back to them. Oh, okay, sure. So here's the, mm-hmm. right. so here's uh, three um, publishing information p- advice, three pieces. Number one, don't make quick decisions when publishing happens. Be thorough, focused, and understanding. Number two, producers finance the films that you see in the movies. They can free... They can fire the director if they want. All the power is always with the producer. And this was said by Ralph Smart, a YouTuber's video titled, How to Manifest Your Vision, Never Broke Again, Period, Get Rich and Happy. And number three, the word superimpose means place or lay over something else typically so that both things are still evident. And um, I have some other resources regarding finance. All right, number one, apply for grants, which you don't have to pay back. And here are two websites. Number one, 13 grants for minority-owned businesses. And number two, our fair share, Sean Diddy, also known as P. Diddy Combs, launches launches our fair share, new platform dedicated to helping minority-owned small businesses access second round of PPP, three Ps like Peter, which stands for Payment Protection Program Funding. 
And the website is ourfairshare.com. And tonight's suggested reading is American Indian Almanac by John Upton Terrell. And I will read the summary. Although they suffered repeated injustices from the national and territorial governments, they displayed great forbearance and while patiently waiting for the wrongs done to them, pardon, for the wrongs done them to be righted, Pawnee scouts faithfully and courageously served with American troops in an effort to bring peace to the Great Plains. Regrettably, American authorities and settlers failed to display a similar deference toward them. John Upton Terrell. Who were the Indians? When, how, and why did they come to North America? What were their customs? How did they subsist? What weapons did they possess? What happened to them? In the American Indian Almanac, John Upton Terrell has given us a compelling history of Native Americans from their mystery-shrouded beginnings through their first steps over the threshold of recorded history ending on March 25, 1916, when, quote, the last wild Indian in America, end quote, died. This complete reference volume supplies the answers, so far as they are known, to hundreds of questions about the first human beings to occupy the United States. The text is divided into 10 regional chapters, which makes it easy for every reader to learn and understand the genesis and evolution of the Indians who first inhabited the part of the, of the country in which he or she resides. The text is complemented by maps showing the prehistoric locations of hundreds of tribes and a glossary of American Indian names, places, and terms. The combination of text, maps, and glossary makes the American Indian Almanac one of the best and most complete one-volume histories available. John Upton Terrell was born in Chicago. His many books include The Navajo, The Man Who Rediscovered America, Traders, spelled T-R-A-D-E-R-S, of the Western Morning, War for the Colorado River, and Faint the Trumpet Sounds. The end of the summary. Very good. Thanks for sharing that summary. Very, very key things were in it as well. Yeah, you're welcome. Now I can, uh, I'm going to return to the articles since I see we have time. It's 1014. So mm -hmm. the first article, they're all from writersdigest.com. And the first article is titled Gaslighting and Writing Villains Who Make Your Spine Tingle. Writing villains can be a challenge, but one approach is having them use gaslighting techniques on their victims. Learn more from this excerpt from Fight Right, spelled W-R-I-T-E, by Carla Hawk. This is Amy Jones, dated July 3rd, 2019. And gaslighting means to drive crazy. Writing villains can be a challenge, but one approach is having them use gaslighting techniques on their victims. Learn more from this excerpt from Fight Right by Carla Hawk. 
Carla Hawks WD, which is Writer's Digest book, Fight Right, is full to the brim with information about adding realistic fighting related elements to your writing. From figuring out the basics like what would be available to your character based on their place in both geography and history to what artistic liberties you can take if your character is fighting aliens. But as a fan of literary fiction that focuses heavily on character development, editing the chapter on psychological warfare was particularly interesting and disturbing to me. The words starting in editing and ending at me is the key sentence. And disturbing is a key word. Carla delves deep into gaslighting and how to write villains who uses that tactic on other characters. In this excerpt from that character, you'll start to get a feel for gaslighting personalities and tactics. Be sure to check out the full chapter and fight right for more details about common phrases used by gaslighters and how characters who are victims of gaslighting could react. Gaslighting is a form of mental manipulation. It is an attempt to gain power over another person by causing them to question reality. When a person isn't sure what is real, they have no concept of the amount of control another person has over them. Gaslighting is a classic tactic used by abusers, cult leaders, narcissists, and dictators, and my cat, if I may be so honest. And the words starting at gaslighting and ending at honest is the key sentence, key paragraph, I'm sorry. One of the most essential tools of gaslighting is the use of, quote, illusory truth, end quote. The villain says something so many times that others come to believe it is so. The illusion becomes reality. When reality can be manipulated, so can the concepts of right and wrong. With those notions upended, any action or manner of behavior is acceptable. There are no crimes because the concept of law is debatable. The only thing that is certain is whatever the gaslighter deems to be true. Yeah, scary. And the words starting at one and ending at so is the key sentence. And the words starting at the and ending at wrong is the second key sentence. And the words starting at the and ending at true is the third key sentence. And illusory means based on illusion, not real. Notions are a concept of or belief about something. Gaslighter personality. A gaslighter is generally an authoritarian with others, but not necessarily with themselves. They, in fact, may follow no rules and become defensive when given boundaries. And the word they and that boundaries, the key sentence. With others, however, there is little room for error. For them who cross them, there will be some sort of punishment. This will make others hesitant to cross them, which further reinforces their behavior. And the word starting at this and internet behavior is the key sentence. For them, this complete lack of repercussions brings euphoria, as does the dependence of others afraid to contradict them. And repercussions mean an unintended consequence occurring sometime after an event or action, especially an unwelcome one. End of definition, back to the article. They are either hot or cold, which further ensnares, which means catching or as in a trap. End of definition, back to article. The target of their manipulation. 
Their coldness is so chilling that any amount of warmth is welcome. In their mind, they are completely correct. There is nothing wrong with them. They are unlikely to go to therapy, but if they do, anything the professional says will be discredited. And the word starting at they and ending at discredited is the key sentence. And discredited means having lost respect or credibility. Back to the article. <clears throat> Make no mistake, despite their deplorable, which means deserving strong condemnation, end of definition, back to the article, means the gaslighter is well-liked. They are charismatic. They are attractive. People want to be in their favor and liked by them. And the words starting at people and ending at them is the key sentence. They are, in the truest sense of the word, charming, and that they bewitch all those around them. And bewitch means enchanting. In the definition, back to the article, your reader should love them and hate the fact that they do. And the words starting at your and ending at do is the key sentence. Gaslighting tactics. Okay, so how does all this look on the page? What do we do to show, not tell that our villain is a gaslighter? And the words starting at what and ending at gaslighter is the key sentence. According to Psychology Today, these are some of the common tactics of gaslighters. They tell flagrant lies. Flagrant means obviously offensive. End of definition, back to the article. The character being gaslighted may even know it is a lie, but because the gaslighter tells it with a straight face and such unfaltering conviction, the character being lied to questions their own judgment. And the word starting at the and in that judgment is the key sentence. Next, they deny having said something even when there is proof. Even when other characters know what they heard, saw, or read, the gaslighter sticks to their guns. That fact will make others wonder if they do, in fact, have it right. And the words starting at they and ending at right is the key sentence. Next, they use what is important to the character as ammunition. If a character loves their job, the gaslighter will attack it or the character's connection to it. The gaslighter will tell the character they are not good at their job, they don't deserve that job, and that others feel the same. They wear the character down over time. And the words starting at they and ending at time is the key sentence. One, two, three, four. Number four, they throw in positive reinforcement to confuse the character. A gaslighter will make a character feel completely worthless, then throw in, quote, but I still like you, end quote. This will keep the character balanced, unbalanced, and questioning whether the gaslighter is really so bad. And the words starting at but and ending at bad is the key sentence. Number five, they thrive on confusion. Gaslighters know that your character functions best in a stable environment. When an environment becomes unstable, the character, like every normal human, will seek a sense of normalcy and steadiness. Gaslighters will position themselves to be that place of comfort where everything seems to be as it should. Normalcy means the condition of being normal. And the word starting at they and internet confusion is the key sentence. And word starting at gaslighters and internet should is the second key sentence. Number six, they project, which means taking anger out on. 
end of definition, back to the article. Whatever a gaslighter is, they will accuse the targeted character of being. Their persistency, keyword, will make the target wonder if what the gaslighter says is actually true. If a gaslighter is obsessed with kitten posters, they will tell the gaslighted character that kitten posters are actually their obsession. The accusation we made was such indefatigable, which means persistent tirelessly. End of definition, back to the article, but I'm going to spell indefatigable, which says I-N-D like dog, E-F like Frank, A like apple, T as in Tom, I as in ice, G as in green, A as in apple, B as in bag, L as in listen, and E as in earl. Back to the article. Tenacity that the target might end up buying a few kitten posters. And the word internet starting at they and internet posters is the key sentence. And I found that it was funny. The humor part is the last sentence where the target might end up buying a few kitten posters. Number seven. They amass troops. A gaslighter will align other characters against the targeted character, or so the character thinks. A gaslighter will make it seem as if others stand on their side against the targeted character. They will tell the character, quote, that's not what Bob thinks, end quote. In truth, Bob may have no clue what is going on. There may be no one standing in solidarity with the gaslighter, but because the gaslighter controls the reality of the target, they might as well have the whole world on their side. And the word starting at there and, and in that side is the key sentence. And it may be that the gaslighter actually does have people on their side. They are always manipulating others and that extends to people who aren't the target of their control. A gaslighter can manipulate others into being a part of their abuse. And the word starting at they and in that abuse is the key sentence. They tell the target that the target is crazy. That this is a biggie. And the word starting at they and in that biggie is the key sentence. The gaslighter will make the targeted character not only feel crazy, but will make others believe the same about that character. And the word starting at but and in that character is the key sentence. So when the target character questions the behavior of the gaslighter to others, they will just look like a loon which is what the gaslighter has said about them all along. Making the, character, the target character feel nuts is a tool of isolation, and isolation is essential to gaslighting. The more healthy contact a target character has with others, the more they will see the manipulation they are under. Plus, when the gaslighter tells the target character that their point of view is crazy, it dismisses the feelings of the target. This tactic further chips away at the target's Self, sense of self and the word starting at making and in that gaslighting is the key sentence and the word starting at the and in that under is the key sentence and healthy is the key word and the word starting at plus and in that self is another key sentence they will say that everyone else is lying the gaslighter will assure the target that their family and friends are not telling the truth and that the only source of truth is, in fact, just guess. And the word starting at the and in that guess is the key sentence.
guess who the only real source of truth is? That's right, the gaslighter. They will fight the accusation of gaslighting. When confronted with truth of what they are doing, the gaslighter will come at the targeted character tooth and nail and do or say whatever necessary to tear down not only the accusation, but the one making it. And the word starting at they and internet, it is the key sentence. The end of this article. I will now take questions and comments for it. Gaslighter. We must truly start investigative analysis when reporting information. Unfortunately, people are going along with everything they are hearing because they think the individual is valid dating factual evidence. You will only know if you take out the time to do the research yourself. And we need to really start analyzing and doing investigative analysis reporting. Know the facts, are the facts first, and then at least you know you're restating factual evidence. Once you know you're restating factual evidence, then affirm your stance, be assertive. It's not about friendship. It's not about liking or disliking someone at that point. You are literally being strong as for what you know you are ex, ex, you are establishing yourself as an independent thinker and you are saying based on the evidence that has been presented this is what i know and therefore this is my decision you are an independent thinker you are declaring what is the truth as far as what you know. And if someone comes and their evidence, maybe they have more evidence than what you have. You have to be humble enough knowing that it doesn't make your argument any less valid an argument, but allow yourself to hear what it is that they have to tell you. Allow yourself to see the evidence that they are proposing. And once you have done that much, now you can make an educated or intelligent decision on what the real facts are. We've got to start thinking critically, more critically. We haven't been. We've just been kind of led by the ear and the nose, letting others think for us. Um, disallowing ourselves the opportunity to think for ourselves. And we're thinkers. We know. A lot of times we can just tell from what is said. You know, it doesn't take a whole lot of investigating or, or discerning. We can just tell from what is said that it's not legitimate. And then sometimes consider the source. Who is this information coming from? Do you know this person is biased, prejudiced towards certain people or groups, hateful, 
if you know that this person, they are not liberal or nor are they respectful of others. They're very opinionated and strong-willed, but they're not one that will reason with others, then yeah, be very conscious in what it is that you are choosing to accept. We need to do that. And I, I mean, I just think it's a lot we're not considering. Welcome caller, area code 708-257. You are live. Welcome to the Exceptional Scripture Show. Dyson Bell. Hi. Hi, welcome, welcome. Um, Warrior's Queen, would you like to fill in um, our very, very distinguished guest calling us from, I believe, is it Chicago? Yes, it is Chicago. Yes, we're glad to have you with us again. And we just want you to know next Tuesday, you won't want to miss this. We had Jack Horchar on. Um, he discussed with us nine essential components of a dream business. He also touched on the super app. There's this new app called the super app. A lot of people are signing on to it, but there's so much people don't know that's so good about it. So we're going to have him back next Tuesday to break it all down for you. But the catch is you have to join us from 8 o'clock till 9 o'clock because that's the time he's on. And it's Eastern Standard Time. So you missed him by, tonight you missed him by two and a half hours. Wow. Now what time? Yeah, so he'll be um, it started, hit the exclusive interview hour starts at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Oh. Yeah. But I'll share the link. What I can do is I will share the link with you. And if you're on Facebook, just simply inbox me your link to your page. And then I'll go and... From Messenger, I'll share the link with you so you can hear tonight's recording. It should be available sometime tomorrow. Okay, thank you. Yeah. So, Warrior's Queen, uh, you can fill in our distinguished guests. Um, and I love to call her my Daphne Bell. Uh, <laughs> uh. Better know all the stuff that she, she should know about that we were discussing before she called in. And she called in at the right time, though. So, Warrior is Queen, the mic is returned to your hand. All right, Wado Sage. And uh, how are you tonight, Miss Bell? Good. How about this up? Yeah, I am well, too. So, tonight I had just finished um, doing the, the publishing information hour. And I had just started uh, reading these three articles from writersdigest.com. And what I had read first was titled Gaslighting and Writing Villains Who Make Your Spine Tingle. And what it's about, the article tells how, to, how the villains use psychological warfare on their targets and get everybody against the targets 
so that the villain can be more powerful and do uh, the damage as they like. Do you so have any, any questions other, or comments? Um, mm -hmm. So do you define the definition for gaslighter? Because I don't know if everybody's aware. It's a terminology sure. that may not be familiar. Um, yeah, gaslighter means it drives somebody crazy. And then uh, forcing them uh, to believe, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And it is a form, I'm just going to share this definition I saw on Wikipedia, actually. Gaslighting is a form of psychological manipulation in which a person or a group covertly sows seeds of doubt in a targeted individual, making them question their own memory, perception or judgment, often evoking in them cognitive dissonance and other changes which include low self-esteem. Now, cognitive dissonance, I want to share what that means because I know some of us may not know. I don't really discuss that word much on this show, but cognitive dissonance in the field of Psychology, cognitive dissonance occurs when a person holds two or more contradictory beliefs, ideals, or values, or participates in an action that goes against one of these three and experiences psychological stress because of that. Cognitive dissonance. Wow. Now, I'm going to ask Warrior's Queen, have you ever experienced that? And I'm going to ask my Bell to share. She experienced it second, and then I'll share. Power is also, but yes, it's got the dissonance. Yes, um, yes, I have. I've experienced that and what the person. Okay, we're having trouble hearing you. Can you repeat your statements, Warrior's Queen? Wow, I don't know what happened there. Okay. Are you there? Okay, my Daphne. It seems yeah. like Warrior's Queen, uh, something something happened with her connect right, her right. connection. She'll be back. Um, in terms of cognitive dissonance, um, in the field of psychology, cognitive dissonance occurs when a person holds two or more contradictory beliefs, ideas, or values, or participates in an action that goes against one of these three, and experiences psychological stress because of that. And my question is, have you ever experienced this? I'm sure I have. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes. 
And might there be maybe one instance or incident that you'd like to refer to and share with us about? I don't just at this moment recall. Mm hmm Not a problem. I'll go and then you can go to if you'd like to. Um, one in particular I, I can draw from. There was a time um, and I was in a situation and it was based on employment, right? And for my job, I was entreated by a parent. I'm an educator, homeroom teacher at the time. And the parents uh, had a form from their child's doctor, their child's pediatrician. And the form, uh, in order for her to receive, it was some sort of compensation that involved monetary uh, substance. She would be paid in the event that she had the teacher and the doctor sign off this statement saying that her child was um, suffering from, I forget the actual name of the dis, you know, the dysfunctional disorder. So right. I read the form and I was, as I was reading the form, I noticed, um, wait a minute, I said, Something's not right here. Um, it listed things about the child that I couldn't co-sign. Um, I knew the child's abilities. Being the child's teacher, I was able to observe the child and see how the child uh, was able to learn and what their learning style was and so forth. Well, the document, it was a conflict of interest because the document was saying that the child could not do things that I know I just listed in the report card the child was capable and able to do. So I'm in this conflict now. Do I sign off so that the parent can get with the parent once or do I decline? Which I know if I decline that could cost me my job. Wow. So I'm yeah, I'm in this state of dilemma where I'm like if this is going to be how it's going to be for me, I need to reassess or rethink my employment at this particular school. So what okay. happened was another incident happened. It was different, but it went against what my convictions are in terms of my spirituality. Okay, uh -huh. so I have certain standards, There's certain things I will agree to, certain things I won't. So in order for me to continue in that situation employed there, I had to engage and indulge in some practices that I were I was not at all in agreement with. And at that point, that's when I said it's time to move on because now there's a second offense and I'm not going to be one that I'm not going to try to use this as an opportunity for me to stand on my soapbox. And now I want to fight and battle every day I come to work because I don't like this and it shouldn't be okay. this way. No. Sometimes you got to pick and choose your battles, right? That's so right. I picked and I chose my battles and I went with 
my gut and I said my prayers and I did my studying, did even some fasting and realized some situations are not permanent by address. I was there for a season. I fulfilled the work that I needed to for the time I was there and I had peace moving on and I didn't slander the establishment. I didn't slander my boss. I didn't slander that parent and what they tried to do in their entreatment and treating me to sign something that I knew in my professional judgment, that child was far advanced than what okay. that document was stating about. So I moved on clear conscience and that was the way I looked at things. Look, if I didn't um, continue there and I was making a nice piece of change there and you know, it was comfortable by the time I was there, but it was not my permanent address. And okay. things happened for a reason. So I moved on, moved into some new experiences, moving on from there, started doing more on the lines of journalism. And then this show came about in the process. Um, and some other opportunities on an independent contractor basis. So I was able to learn Sometimes we have to count the cost. We make sacrifices and it's for the greater good because I'm so much more fulfilled and even have inner peace from having right. made the decision I made. Yes, from a financial standpoint, I cut some losses because at first I wasn't seeing that amount with the other jobs that came along, but you stay, you endure. And then other modes of income opened up for me with independent contractor work. So I was able to get even more than what I had before. So I had to look at that and then yeah, cognitive dissonance. Sometimes you get in that predicament and you know, within yourself, it was that struck that moment. I had to allow the integrity to win because that other nature in us, that other nature that says, what, are you crazy? Just sign that document and everybody will be happy at this. You know, that's that other, yeah. Just sign that document or just stay in that document. You know, sometimes you got to put your convictions on yourself or hang it up for a moment. But it was like deep down inside, I knew my conscience just wouldn't let me do it. So that struggle went on. And then I had made that final decision. I want that inner peace. I want that contentment, knowing I'm fulfilling the greater good. I can't have it if I'm doing those other things. So cognitive right, right. dissonance. So, Warrior's Queen, are you back with us now? We've been having some experiences. Yeah, it's like her mic. I'm not sure what happened. But, Warrior's Queen, we're not hearing you. Are you still with us? And it's showing that you are linked on, but we're not hearing you at all. We're not sure why. All right. All right, can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah. Yes, we can hear you. Can you? 
Yes, I uh, yes, I can hear y'all loud and clear. And I don't know, I hung up and um, called back, so it probably made a difference. Oh, okay. Well, we're glad that you're back. So, would you like to share an incident where you experienced cognitive dissonance? Yeah, a few years ago now, I experienced it with somebody, and I just had to wind up breaking off with them. Is because the things that they were saying, and I knew they was incorrect, and was correcting them, and they didn't like me correcting them, and it made them angry or rather scared, and then they called me, you know, like crazy, etc. So I was like, you know, forget it. Mm. So then you had to make that choice too. You know exactly what it's meant by, you know, when you have certain standards or beliefs, ideas, mm. um, and and you affirm them or values, and then there's that choice. You're being entreated to go against that. You know what that's like, what that feels like, and why that's that's a make or break decision too. People don't realize when you're at that crossroads like that, um, it's a make or break situation. You could be changing your life forever just from making that yes. Um, either for the yes. better or mm-hmm. worse. Right. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, I also would like, this is Warriors Queen Zippor, and I also would like to share a second experience from somebody else. And this is yeah. uh, it's from, the, all right, so it's from, title, it's a book, The Little Book of Big Lies by Tina Lifford. Mm-hmm. And this was on, a, like, let's see. All right, so here's where I'm going to start off. It was where she was living with an ex-boyfriend named Anton. Over time, however, it became clear that Anton lacked integrity in important ways. I began to see this in his dealings with other people. He used them. He lived with me for five years, and I never saw myself as one of his artful ways to get what he wanted from others. We both benefited equally from our relationship. But the night I went to jail eliminated all benefit. That night was the dramatic awakening, death, and burial burial of our five years together. It started with, quote, circumstances, end quote, that looked like a silly 6 p.m. argument that seemed to be over a bowl of cereal. But the truth, of course, had nothing to do with cereal. We no longer fit and our calling it quits was being drawn out. The silly argument escalated to a drama of his knocking a carton of milk from my hand and my throwing a bowl of cereal at him. The bowl bounced off his chest and crashed to the floor, but it also clipped him under his chin and drew blood. When he saw that blood, he went berserk, hitting me a few times in my stomach with his fist. He had never been physically violent with me before. He was not a violent guy. But that night was different. I saw things I had never seen or maybe things I had just ignored. My mother had weathered physical violence at the hands of my father during their marriage. Watching the parts of their relationship that were unhealthy left me intolerant of a number of things, especially physical violence. I had told Anton in the beginning of our relationship that violence was my deal breaker. The punches he had just thrown broke everything between us. In fairness, 
I must say that his punches were not full punches. They did not double me over with pain or even knock the wind out of me. Anton was a black belt. His hands were lethal. Yet the back and forth shoulder movement I witnessed in him felt more like the anger of a little boy. I am convinced his pulled punches showed up to tell me a bigger story. I told Anton he needed to pack and leave immediately or I would call the police. He challenged me by saying that if I called the police, they would take me to jail because he was the one bleeding. The blood revealed a nick the size and kind a man sustains while shaving. Though small, it was there nonetheless, and my anger reaction had caused it. This was just after the O.J. Simpson trial, and law enforcement was taking domestic violence very seriously. But I did not bargain with Anton and back down. Neither did I know that he was correct about how the police would react. As the police officers walked into the house, my German boyfriend's accent became thicker than I had ever heard it in the five years of our being together. My eyes widened listening to him as he spun a recreation of the facts. In his story, he was a confused foreigner and bewildered by my violent, unprovoked behavior. I listened with amazement as the police informed me that based upon the circumstances, they would have to, quote, take me in, end quote, because the chin neck represented evidence of violence. I was stunned. The officers broke protocol and kindly gave me a few minutes to prepare myself for going to jail. How does a woman who had never skipped school, never been drunk, or never even had a cup of coffee prepare for such a trip? I put on my shoes and called my mother, who I knew would tell would call the rest of our close family. Handcuffed and sandwiched between an officer in front of me and one behind me, I left the house where I had paid the mortgage every month. Back then, I lived in an exclusive gated community in Los Feliz. Red flashing lights shocked my neighbors as they watched me climb handcuffed into the back seat of a police car. The two officers apologized for their need to follow procedure, and we began the ride to the police station. I was stunned by the turn of events, but oddly, I was not afraid, nor did I feel the kind of anger to an Anton that you might imagine. I found myself in these circumstances, but at the same time, I felt disconnected from them. Yes, I was in the back seat of a police car, but the years I had invested in knowing and trusting myself meant that I was in that back seat without feeling like I was in hell. So I'm going to uh, move forward to what else is the connection of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So, yeah. All right. So here's the rest of the connection. A young female officer came in, took one look at me, scrunched her eyebrows together and declared, you don't belong here. Those were her words before she had asked me anything. When I told her the events as I had experienced them, she excused herself. When she returned, she was visibly annoyed. She had called my home to give Anton the opportunity to say something that would make this all go away, but he chose not to assist in that way. The female officer was forced to send me to another facility where I would be fingerprinted, cavity searched, and booked. She was very apologetic. I thanked her for her concern and effort. All right, that's where I'm going to um, stop. Wow. Mm hmm
Wow, this is good because um, I'm uh, I'm glad you went the way you went because I touched on it a little bit earlier today about how domestic abuse they're saying has been increased since the quarantine started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you sharing that article, that testimonial, mm-hmm. that is a good thing because I am certain somebody out there can relate. And I tell you something how the perpetrators sometimes portray themselves as the victim. Yeah, right. They're the one that's committing the crime. Right, another form of gaslighting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yes, the triggers. And uh, that was from Tina Lifford's book, The Little Book of Big Lies, A Journey into Inner Fitness. And I was, uh, one of the key words I circled when she said how Anton used them, she was talking about the people that he dealt with, but he had never done the same to her, but he was working to, uh, he was working his way up to it. Mm-hmm. Right, right. That's what we have to do. Um, sometimes the person that we think the person is, is not that That's person. Right. And we go on what they show us rather than mm-hmm. have a discussion with people that know them. Even though and 90% of the time they feel all kind of red lights, but we ignore those red lights, mm-hmm. you know? So true. I know I've been one guilty of that because I'm, I don't know. I just tend to want to see the good in everybody. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And you got to be careful like that because yes, people that are innately bad right. or that have the potential to be wicked, they see that and you become a prey to them. Oh, yeah, they pray on Yes. Yeah. 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 I remember. Yeah. This worst queens of poor. I remember reading something in that order is that was the quote, you are what you attract, but that's incorrect. Is that you mm. are what that person needs to be that, you know, is attracted to you. Something in that order it was going. Right. The yeah. healers are mm-hmm. attracted. Yeah. I'm a, uh, mm-hmm. That's the right. healers attract all sick folks. That's it. Yeah. Well said. Healers attract sick folk. Mm-hmm. Because what do sick, sick folk need? Sick folk need to be healed. Mm-hmm. Right. So where are they going to draw the healing from? Mm-hmm. The healer. Right. And I'm sure like a lot of people of the spiritual community can attest to this. There's a lot of people that are spiritually in default. They lack spirituality because this age right. of technology, this age of technology places mm-hmm. heavy emphasis heavy emphasis on what? Technology, not spirituality. Mm-hmm. Right, right. People become more distant, even in the house. Everybody's on their text. Everybody is on their phone texting at dinner rather than talking yes. to each other. Yes. Technology yes. has created that. 
Now, spirituality, everybody at the dinner table don't have their phones with them. The phones are put away. Because at the right. dinner table, there's a time called communion. Heart to heart. Spirit to spirit. Soul to soul. We eat and we greet. And everybody has what's called a time of fellowship with that meal. Yes. We're talking to each other, looking at each other's eyes, listening to each other's heart. We got to realize this technology piece of our current era is an instrument of war. Not all good. We, we can use it for the greater good, but a lot of people are not. They're using it to cause division, and it's something that's used as a device to distract. It's a big yeah. distracting device. Yeah. And having been an educator, I saw where we had to compete. We were literally calling parents too much about their children bringing electronics to school. And the parents right. would be like, are you serious? I told them, don't you dare take that to school today. And it's usually the younger age ones. Now, the phones, the cell phones, that was the older kid. And you find in the morning, some teachers had a bucket. And they would tell the, the students, <laughs> and you can get them back during your lunch break or your break. Right, right. Come here now because you gotta, you got to be focused to learn. So, you know, we're in this society where it's just so much entrapment going on. Even the music, they call it trap music because it's certain yeah. beats when you play it yeah. over and over and it's bad mm. stuff, that's when you hear the dun-dun-dun, the And that's what's programming these children. Why they start doing and then they don't even realize they're going with the beat. If they're in the lyrics, the buzz is in their ears, and they forgetting to look up when they're walking and falling in the things. Mm. And bumping so into them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a death trap. So we got to definitely pay attention to things like that. Those are the things that hold us back. And they just, they, yeah, they set us back. They set us back in time. They set us back in terms of our progress and advancement as a people. And we got to get smarter than that. Get smarter yeah. than the game. Be smarter than the game and let them know, look, I see what you're trying to do. You're using technology to separate family from each other. 100%. To distract children's minds. So nobody can even get their attention because they're so wedged into whatever it is, whether it's a video game, whether it's um, Snapchat, TikTok, whatever. Right. Oh, they got all that now. Just what TikTok, what the heck is up? You know? Yeah. It done went from Instagram to TikTok, Snapchat. I mean, it's and, so and many. And a lot of it in the black community is very violent, you know. They're mm. talking about killing them out there fighting. The girls are worse than the guys. You don't really see the guys fighting anymore, hardly. You know? That's true. That is the truth. I've heard a lot of people saying that the girls are worse than the guys now. Much worse. And YouTube, I got so tired of it. Always a video loaded up showing girls just tearing yeah, yeah. each other apart. 
I'm like, this is not the kind of promoting that we should be doing. We should be promoting a resolution to that. How right. they can overcome that, not the problem. Mm-hmm. You know, accentuate the positive, not the negative. Right. But this is our world today. We have to deal with this and we got to address those issues head on. We can't, what they used to say, pussyfoot. <laughs> Don't you dare pussyfoot. <laughs> <laughs> Be bold and, and assertive and affirm. Look, it's wrong. It shouldn't happen. Lay down the law. They'll respect you in the long run if you're that way. If you're just a pushover, pussyfooting, um, sugarcoating stuff. Yeah, yeah. Later in life, they're going to tell you about yourself and let you know. You know, the reason why I'm the way I am, if you would have been a little more assertive with me, a little more uh, straightforward, maybe I would have been different. You don't want Hmm. a child to have to say that to you. So we need to reconsider how we are leading them. Are we leading them? By the right example, are we showing them the correct things to do and how to be assertive and bold on issues that are impacting our community? Because that's what you're preaching. That's it. There you go. Yeah, lead by example. Don't tell me you let me see you doing it now. Know what to do and how to do it. Yes. That's it. We've got to. Because things have gotten so bad. I think, I'm trying to think of who it was. They said it's like the Titanic again. And it's like this country is literally the Titanic heading towards the iceberg. Uh, Like Simon Gamora? Yeah. And it's like that iceberg is going to tear the Titanic apart. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the ones that are in control, that are governing things, they're the ones that's allowing the ship to go in the way it's going. It's all about three sixes. <laughs> wow, three sixes. Did everybody hear that? Yeah. Mhm. My bell said a lot right there. It's all about the Texas. So what we thought um, was better, we're finding out it actually is worse. Ah, Without a doubt. It's actually worse. So what can we do? We're going to have to endure this terror that we are experiencing right now in the U.S., this quarantine, this COVID-19, which is nothing but biochemical warfare, even 5G radiation is going on. They're saying a lot of people are experiencing 5G radiation symptoms on top of COVID-19. Without a doubt. I mean, it's like a double whammy right now for us. Mm -hmm. And I saw China, they said China has already pretty much stabilized they got their schools back open, but it's a whole process of um, 
that the children have to go through. When they walk through the door, they got the um, steam. Uh, <laughs> they just, More poison. If they didn't they get poison, their shoes, they, they didn't get they poison, they more than when they get to school. They got the spray in the bottom of their shoes, their boot bag. Yeah. Um, their hands are disinfected as soon as they walk in. And they got these machines um that these children gotta walk through that does all of that. So that's gonna take maybe fifteen minutes before you can even go and sit down and hang your book bag up. But that's what they're doing because they figure the more fast we can get things back to the way they were, the better. Now, here in the U.S., what is the U.S. saying? Stay at home. Wear a mask. Ah, yeah, yeah. Social distancing. No, no crowds. If you have to have a funeral, only 10 people. And if they had COVID-19, then it has to be cremation. I mean, it is so much going on that's just... And you don't people. have no idea if they had anything or not, but everything is going to be named COVID-19, you know? Uh-huh. That's what's happening. It seems like yeah. everybody... And everybody got it. They just showed the Bishop of Enon Baptist said, I didn't have no symptoms, but they tested me and it was positive. I have the COVID-19, so I just want people to know to get tested. And I'm like, what? You didn't have no symptoms, but you got the virus, and you a pastor, and you claiming it? Stop playing with us, please. Oh, my God. You're right across the sky. You're right about that, you know? So, people are going to look at you. You got a large congregation. Now, people are going to say, well, if pastor got it, I might got it. So now I think I got it. I don't have symptoms, but they're gonna think I got it. So what is that doing? That's making people susceptible to a to saying I want a vaccination, and you don't even know for sure you got it. You just saying you got it because he. Got they it don't know it. if you got it because it really ain't no test for it. But what you got is is that radiation poison, you know, and you naming that as it, you know. And, and people, that's oh my God, everybody knows vaccines are deadly and they just mm-hmm. run flocks to it like lab. Well, they got test centers popped up all over the city now. Test center here, test center there. I ain't never seen yeah. nothing like it in my life. In, in life. And people just lining people up. Running in there. Oh, God. They sticking something in me. I don't know what's in that thing. They sticking in me. They could be giving me the Bible. That that is what they are doing. They are giving it to you. Sticking it in my nose. Sticking it in my throat. No. It hurts because I heard people hollering when they did. Oh, no, woman. So that's why I'm wondering, what are you putting into people? I think something's going inside of us. And chips out of doubt. Chips are so tiny. You can't see them sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. you could be going in the hospital just getting a vaccination or just getting a, a blood test done. They stick you with the knee. You don't know if they chipped you or not. Because these you chips now are And they got all kind of methods to put it in you, you know? 
And they're definitely using hospitals. They're definitely using when people are, are getting either intravenously, they're getting things, fluids in, put in their body, or either if they're getting, uh, they have to have a blood test or TB test. You just got to be wise to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would uh, encourage anyone yes. to find, if you can, get a holistic doctor. Get a yes. natural Get an herbalist. They have them too, mm. and they're licensed and certified too. Yeah, yes. you are right. That's what I just did because I got irritable mm. bowel syndrome. They call it, and mm-hmm. um, been acting up. So I look at this herbalist uh, from uh, Trinidad, I believe, and uh, I ordered some things from him. It's it's expensive to live. The stuff I ordered is three hundred dollars, you know. Mm, and yeah, mm-hmm. I, I have no idea if it'll work or not. I hope so, because of the amount of money, you know. But yet, right. still, it's some good bacteria that I could use to uh, counteract the bad ones, you know. Right, yes. right. Yeah. You want to be positive in your thinking. Think. Huh? Feeling, think it's going to help. Think I'm getting better. Just start thinking right. like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our bodies are influenced by our thinking. A lot of times, because mm-hmm. we are thinking negative, we cause certain things to happen in our body. You know? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Watch the way we're thinking about things. Yes, That's we do. What it yes. tells us. Be careful of your thought because your body hears what you're thinking. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Well, we Warrior uh, Queen is going to give us our um, final statement, and then Ma Bell, if you have anything more you'd like to say, and then we'll be wrapping up for tonight. So, Warrior Queen, the mic. We got called last week, and nobody was here. Yeah, we were off last week because it was a human trafficking online uh, symposium and we had joined. I'm so sorry that you didn't know because I tried to inform. Yeah, that's what happened last week. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Will you respond? Sure. All right. I would like to end this note with two things. Uh, another, you know, holistic doctor is uh, Dr. Paul Hopkins. Mm-hmm. You can look him up. I call him Shamanist Hopkins is because shamans are Shamans and shamanesses are medicine men and women. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and then I'm going to end with this evening note. Um, Donada Kahani, which means until next time in my Aninya Wea renamed Cherokee language. Yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And my bell, anything that you would like to say in closing? Thanking and praising our life giver for allowing us another session. And we have so much good information. And thanks for that. And always, when you get to the cross, the fork in the road, show positiveness. Yeah. Good night. Thank you. Good night. I want to share um, June the 2nd. Is the primary election, everyone. Vote America. Vote. You need to vote. Don't neglect the chance to impact change. 
I'm not trying to tell you who to vote for. That has to be your own decision. I'm going with the lesser two evils for this election. But for the next one, I am going to change party affiliation altogether. I found out about the minority parties that exist. You have the Green Party, the Constitution Party, the Libertarian Party, and Independent Party. You need to start thinking. If Democrats and Republicans are not taking us where we need to go, then it's time to look at our other options. And that is my final statement for tonight. All right. Peace and blessings, everyone. Let's have a blessed year. And remember, this is still the year of perfect vision, year 2020. This is the year when you will see with clarity the path laid before you. Walk in it in confidence. Be determined that you already are a success story and make the world know it. Peace. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.